and try not to, um, I guess, exist. So, Jim, just go. You never you shut feeling, up anyways. Are you feeling sorry for yourself, Nate? Are you, no, are, you, are, really. are you upset because the podcast not got knocked out in the quarterfinals of that meaningless <clears throat> vote thing? No. Oh, we got Ray now. No, hey, I, Ray, I was not. There he is. How's it going? We, we were wondering if you were going to show up. Yeah. Hey, Ray, you spilled. Looks like you spilled some yogurt down your front of your beard. <laughs> I, I, keep, I keep it there for later. Ah, okay. <laughs> little snack later on. I love it. <laughs> How's everybody feeling? A, everybody good? They don't call Except it. Except for Nate. Nate's not good. No, I'm not good. I got a cold. They don't. They don't call it a flavor saver for nothing. Flavor saver. Oh. Not COVID though. I checked. I checked last night. It's not. Does that still exist? Is that still a thing? Is it COVID? A little bit. Yeah. Another yeah. strain coming around. Brutal. Uh -oh. I had it last week. Most people, they're, they're all vaccinated up and they're not kicking away from it, but they're getting a little sick. You had COVID last week, did you, Nate? Yeah. Yeah, for the fifth time. What's the What's the rules over in the states now? If you test positive, nothing. Go, go get a pub sub or something. I don't know. Get some Ny Get some Nyquil. Yeah. <laughs> You're good. Oh, Nyquil, great. <clears throat> I don't think that there's any anything. It's just, just like the flu, I guess. At this point, yeah, exactly. you decide to do whatever you want to do with it. Oh, you're not required if pet tested positive to isolate or stay away from anybody or no anal swabs, nothing. No, oh, that's a shame. Those are still optional, though. Rob took those. <laughs> Rob, Nyquil is not paying us. Get that out of here. They don't have to pay us. Yes, they do. Well, they might know. No free advertising unless it's queued up. Well, we're not apparently. talking about that. Let's talk about pool. Let's talk about pool. We don't have a lot to. We don't have a huge amount to talk about. Maybe. Well, maybe we have one. Maybe, maybe it's a bit of an audience participation evening. Or well, I think we're gonna have a guys. big, uh, a big discussion on the uh, the Masters. I think that there's a pretty, pretty spirited, and passionate debate that could be had about handicapping and pool. Brutal. Oh, yes. Certainly Brutal. that form of handicapping. I yeah. watched what? that match. She fucking tortured Gareth Potts. Tortured yeah, no, big time. 15, to, Gareth, 15 to 5. And he's a fucking champ when it comes Gareth to Potts, Gareth Potts would be put yeah. up as probably one of the greatest Chinese eight ball players outside oh. of China. His banking ever, drills ever played the game. And he got reality. absolutely annihilated by the drill. <coughs> and I give... I give her all the credit. She played great. Played awesome. But the one but ball spot is that one that that one ball, that last ball off the table, every single round. Well, hold on, hold on. Let's, let's, let's jump into this first because I think this is the most interesting thing. So we got we gotta Explain set it up it. for the fans. We gotta set it up for the people who didn't actually watch this. So Explain. there were there were men and women in the field, uh, in the masters first place, seven hundred and fifty thousand dollars. So they're playing for a ton of money. And there were men and women in the field. And when Matchroom does men and women in the field, the you know, everybody just plays the same game, everybody's just playing the same race. Uh, everything is the same. Men and women are treated exactly equal. All right. Well, <clears throat> we saw that for about a hot eh, maybe a year, year and a half stretch, the women were really participating in a lot of men's events. They were getting invites to 
uh, different, uh, you know, masters events, premier league pool, stuff like that. Emily was really putting a huge focus on the women in pool, getting them involved and giving them opportunities that, you know, maybe you could argue they should or should not have gotten given some of the fields. Doesn't matter. It happened. And, Now, what we're seeing is a different option. We are seeing uh, men and women both in the same field playing Chinese eight ball, which is, I guess, for anybody out there who has never seen it or doesn't intimately know the rules, it is basically eight ball. It is eight ball with a few tweaks on rules, Uh, but it's eight ball. Uh, But it's done on a basically a snooker table. So the balls are the same size, but the pockets are significantly smaller. Uh, does anybody know the actual size of them? It looks to be about like maybe three and a half or three and a yeah. quarter to me. And they're 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 cut they're cut and like they're rounded. Snooker, they're cut like snooker table pockets. Right. It's basically a mixture between uh, American pool and English pool. The yeah. table is uh, the table is the American pool size, but the pockets are the English pool pockets. Yeah. And it's a, it's a it's a snooker yeah. cloth that's on with a with a nap, you know, going one way one direction. But the balls are the American balls. Yeah. Yeah. So, all right. So the men and the women are both playing in this event. And it was, I mean, it's perfect as far as that goes, because the finals was man versus woman. Uh, The handicap, I guess I I haven't said there was a handicap. There was a handicap in this, meaning uh, one ball, any of the, any ball that the woman chooses does not need to be potted. And it needs to be, or they basically just grab the last ball off the table that remains after that, uh, after they pot the second to last object ball, whether it's a stripe or solid. And they just, the ref just comes over, grabs their last ball, picks it up, puts it in the pocket. Meaning they only have to pocket six of the seven balls and they can leave any of the seven balls that they want. We'll talk about the importance of that. Uh, I guess during our discussion uh, as whatever evidence we want to use, but that is the handicap that goes on between the men and the women. The men obviously have to make every single one of their balls. The women get to pick one ball not to shoot at and then just ignore it. Ref comes, grabs it, throws it down. All right, let's 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 start talking about the idea of the handicap first. Who wants to take it first? Jim, go on. Who wants to take it first? Jim. <laughs> go ahead. Um, what, do you think, what do you think of the idea of a handicap in a tournament like this? When you're playing, when you're playing for seven hundred thirty thousand dollars, probably the biggest first prize that we're going to see in pool this year, guaranteed, it will be the biggest first prize we're going to see in pool this year. Well, the Saudi one of the Arabia biggest first prizes we've seen in, in in many many. Sorry, Saudi Arabia had one last year that was seven hundred thirty thousand yeah, okay. too. Yep. When you're playing for that amount of money, um, I don't think there should be a handicap. The best player should take it. Now, this is a handicap that's been made. It's a, it's a standard handicap in the, in the Chinese game. It's not just for the women. Let's get it straight. It's not the, oh, just women that get this. Juniors get it as well. If you're under a certain age and you're playing in one of those tournaments, you also get that handicap. Oh, I did not know that. All right, so thank yeah. you. As far I as I'm aware. That. As far as I'm aware, that's the case. If that's um, the case, I did not know that. The, the problem is that it's just a massive handicap, and it's not based on ability. It's based on gender. Uh, we know pool's not a physical sport. You know, there is... You know, we've had this discussion about why are women not competing at the high level that men are competing at, and those people have ideas about the certain ways just the brain works and how competitive you are naturally as a man or as a woman, or or there's just not as not as many women that have played the game. You know, going into bars or going into pool halls as a, as a kid, more males do that than females. Blah blah blah. But okay, 
you've, you do you do still have some players that are top top level players who are female, and to give them this handicap, um, I don't think there's a man on the planet that beats Gareth Potts fifteen five at that game. <coughs> there, there just isn't for Gareth Potts to get beat fifteen five by anybody. Whether You're it's, saying without the handicap? No, yes, without the handicap by anybody. Yes, nobody beats yeah. Gareth Potts fifteen five without a handicap. Because there's which a lot of guys that beat which, which, indi- which, which indicates <laughs> with that me, handicap, the handicap is wrong. If the handicap, if the handicap is creating a result that is just a ridiculous result, Huge then result. now don't get me wrong, she played Not great. great. I, I've I actually, it. I've actually played against uh, uh, a, a, a females at this game with this handicap. And it's ridiculous. It is. It, it, it's just crazy. You you break a rack of uh, eight ball, you're you do have a problem ball on the table that you have to sort out. If you don't have to sort that out, I mean, how many times have you played eight ball against somebody who who just picks the wrong pattern, picks the wrong route, and leaves their most difficult ball to last? You're watching them do it, and you're thinking, "Brilliant, I'm favourite." Every time you pot a ball, I'm favourite. But you don't have to worry about that one problem ball. And normally that one problem ball is a ball that's tied up with one of your opponent's balls. So not only do you not have to worry about that one problem ball, but you know that if you leave it there, it's a problem for your opponent who does have to worry about that one problem ball. You know, and nobody, listen, nobody beats Gareth Potts 15-5 at this game with a legitimate handicap or without handicap. It's, and... For it to be just purely based on your gender and not on your ability it is ridiculous. If I was to play against Kelly Fisher at this game, she would get that handicap against me. And she would join that fair? Should 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 I be should I be playing any game on a pool table okay. against Kelly Fisher and having to give her a handicap? All right, Race, go ahead. I I mean I watched the match and it would just it, it was not <clears throat> almost like not even fun to watch because it I mean it was amazing how good she was playing. I'm like, shit, she might beat him even you know what i mean if they're playing like she was just playing clearing the tables great but it it you can see the effect of the handicap wearing on gareth like mentally and then also she was just free and relaxed you know a lot of times she'd leave a ball up table that was frozen to the center of the cushion somehow and she doesn't have to develop it doesn't have to do anything and she'd clear and play position to get on the eight and the ref would just take that ball off the table and you'd realize how big you know how big that handicap is you know to me it's almost like the luck of the draw is not having to draw her you know to get to (laughs) if i'm gareth i'd i'd much rather just play one of the top chinese men and you know have a go at that than have to have to fade giving up this huge handicap in a game that you know to be fair he's not playing uh regularly you know what i mean but he's he's obviously an incredible cueist and plays great and knows knows how to play the game him and melling both had strong tournaments but, I mean, I'd rather just have to play one of the men and not have to deal with that spot, and I'd feel like I'd have a better shot. And I'm like, oh, well, I'm, I made the finals. You know, I got to play her. You know, congrats. And she's favorite, I think, you know, in that position. It's, it was strong. It was strong to watch for sure. I guess uh, I, I understand the irony and the richness of four guys sitting around talking about a women's handicap. So I'm, I, I really wish I would have been able to get one of the ladies on for this because I think it's just, we need to include that. So I, I think 
Well, you know, I, <clears throat> I feel like I need to say that at least. I, I understand the irony of a bunch of white or a bunch of fucking guys talking around about a women's handicap. I understand the irony of these, that. But these, oh, wait, these, wait these women, come, so, those, these women like, coming over and taking all our money off us. With that being said, I Nate, I'm slapping you. Get him out I of want, here. I want to. I want to take this. I I do want to take this on a little bit from the women's perspective. Um, yeah, go on, get that bottle, um, because I do think. All right, uh, this is the part that I really have problems with, and this is the part that I've whined about a ton in the past, and I've done a bunch of reflection on. Everybody, for the most part, generally speaking, is okay and understands that a handicap is necessary at levels, right? When it becomes when it be, so Jim, for example, if you and I were to play and we were to gamble regularly, I mean, if, like if we were to if we were to play a big set, you would you would understand that I would need a small spot if we're going to play a race to eleven uh, on let's say my conditions. Uh, so this the little seven foot diamond that you and I played a couple racks on at uh, need five. You're an idiot. I'll take that all day long. Bring it on. You probably it's probably about if it's a race to eleven, it's probably two maybe three games. You would agree, something like that, right? I would give you two, three games, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, oh, sure. yeah. Okay. Uh, well, remember, Jim, you're only like 30 Fargo points higher than me. I've taken him. Sure. We can. Okay. Anyways, um, you can understand that there is a handicap that is needed to be had. The only time that we truly have a problem with that handicap is once we lose with it, right? At the end of the day, like, I, I think that I think it'd be very if if the woman didn't make the finals. People would be like, "Well, yeah, you can give you can give the ladies a handicap all you want. Fine, it, it it shouldn't matter, right? It might it might make it might make a couple of the ladies, you know. It, let's bring this back to what we talk about regularly. If the U.S. Open, if uh, all woman, if all women got one game on the wire, are we going to see Kelly Fisher or Yasmin Ocean or uh, a player like that in the finals? I think I think the 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 sex issue is secondary. I think exactly. I don't, it has nothing to do with sex. Really. The fact that you're talking about sure players that play so well, like this girl plays jam up Chinese eight ball. Sure, her her, her yeah. ability or anybody's that, ability. The girl is irrelevant. She's a top player and is getting a handicap. Exactly. That's that's basically giving her the nuts. And that, that's and, that, and that's that's and the difference that, with what you're talking about, Nate. You're talking about me giving you a handicap. Because and, I'm, and because I, because I'm better than you, not because you, right. it, I think I I'm older than you, so you should give me a handicap. Well, I think that, that's sure that's the same kind of thing. Is well, I, because, I understand what you guys are saying. But yeah. we're well, talking about it within the context of the tournament that just happened, right? So we can't we can't remove the sex issue from it because that's that's what it is. I mean, that's ultimately what we're talking about. Yeah, the, I think the sex issue is secondary. The fact that this girl is a, is a world-class Chinese eight ball player getting a handicap from another world-class Chinese eight ball player in a position okay. where they could probably play even and, and it would be a close match. Yeah. So let me ask you. The fact that she's dominant, that she's dominant in this position is basically skewing this tournament in favor of, of these players and the mechanics of the handicap, is way more significant than a game on the wire in nine ball. That, that, the game that, on the wire that, is not a spot. It's it's not a spot. It's it's uh this is this is a huge spot. This is like the hand spam playing one pocket. 
Sure. It sounds, it sounds like it's, it sounds like not a lot, just that one ball off the table. I didn't see the match, but I would I would be willing to bet that well, the 15 racks that she won, she doesn't get out of all she doesn't get out of 50% of the ones that she got out of if she has to take that last ball. Or she certainly plays the game very much differently. She definitely plays yes, the game we don't very know much because, differently we, if she yes, has We don't to know because obviously, obviously she's going to be leaving her toughest ball on the table for last, and she's just going to ignore that that ball ever exists. We understand that. Would she run out of those if she focused on that? Well, she wouldn't be waiting for it to be her last ball. She'd be playing it into her pattern way earlier. So whether or not she runs out is whether or not she she's able to manage that, that problem ball, if it is a problem ball. So you're right. So look. I get that, but to say that she wouldn't be able to run out, we don't know because she's going to play her pattern completely different at that point. What I'm saying is, yes, this is a huge, massive, massive, massive handicap. We all understand that. We we get that. But are any of you going to venture to say that she makes the finals without having this handicap? No, 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 no chance. I don't think. I mean, so she doesn't win it to begin with, right? So we don't. She doesn't win the event to begin with. She loses in the finals. She loses big in the finals, fifteen to eight. She does she get to the does she even get to the let's say the final 32 if she doesn't have this handicap? Maybe. Well, so I don't, who, I, I don't know who she played on the way and, right. and yeah, what it's, it's hard to say. What 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 I what I will tell you is nobody beats Gareth Potts 15-5 at that game. Sure. Without a handicap. No. I understand yeah, and I understand that. What what I'm saying is the only reason we have a problem with the handicap is because she is a good player. She's not a world quality player, probably when you put her into the stack of the men, right? Because at the end of the day, if, if they were to do this for like the, the world eight ball championships for the women, like if Predator did that for their event, would we have some pro- would we have some women that would make it towards the end? Yeah, probably. Are they going to win it? I don't think so maybe it's possible but what it does is it brings them pretty close to having a chance in every single one of these matches mm-hmm. so does the handicap yes, but, work but sure but, but, but no but, no see that but that's it but you're taking the handicap as a, as, as a tournament total does that give you a more of a chance of winning the tournament what it does do is it it it, 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 it like i said if i enter a tournament you know and I have to give that handicap to somebody who is who who is better than me, but is female. It takes away the chance I have of beating. That yeah, but person. you're using yourself. You're not a world quality player. In fact, if you if you played, but, you but it doesn't matter. Worst... It doesn't matter. So but, anybody 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 yeah. who's I mean, if you, take, if you take Simming Cheng, Simming Cheng for for example, what's her Fargo seven eighty something like that? It's a, no, it's like it's eight hundred. Simming Cheng Fargo eight hundred. You give her, so you've got to give these 780 men, pro men, top, 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 world class professional pro men who are on 780, they have to give her that one ball advantage. Sure. And she what I'm telling you, she wins the what, tournament. Well, hold on, hold on. What I'm saying is that brings the women up to having a, a very, very close competitive, at least being able to compete in all of these different matches. No, it gives way all more, the women. It gives all the women than just competitive. Well, then, gives, well, then why? It gives all the women down. It gives all the women down to seven hundred Fargo the chance. There was give me, one give woman. Me that was, spot. Give, give me that spot. There was one woman in the final eight. Not eight ball. There was one woman in the final eight. It's a massive, massive. Then why? Then why wasn't seven of the eight finalists women? There was one woman in the final eight. I guess from what you're not giving them the nuts. You're giving them the ability to compete. The fact that she made it to the finals is a testament to how well she plays. But if you take that handicap away from her, we've, we're already discussing whether or not she would even have a chance at the final 32. 
are we going to say that she has a chance at the final four, final eight? We would all, we would all on, you know, unquestionably if hands plays, down say no. If she plays the way she played against Gareth in her matches at all, I mean, that's, I, that's a, if as we all, good sure, as, as you it, can play, a, 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 you know, Chinese eight ball. Now, I'm not, so super when the ladies play the ladies, ball. do both of them get that same? advantage i i i don't understand i i think if it's an open event it should be it should be an open event and everybody plays even and then if you want to have a women's division and pay them uh equal or separately then that's that's a different conversation and then they have, the, conversation. they have the opportunity to enter the men's division but we don't have the opportunity to enter the women's division you know what i'm saying so it's kind of like sure. it, it's kind of a it it doesn't make sense i i don't think to me uh that's the only thing that i would say is like you know, you have world-class players. Uh, they should be competing on the merits of their skill and not on whether the handicap is is sufficient enough to get them an advantage to win the tournament. For that, just go play a league or something. I mean, I, I really don't don't get it. I agree it's, with that. I don't is, disagree with this that. Is, this is effectively like a world championship, and she's handicapped. Um, and and you know, it. I think we all agree on that. It sucks. It sucks that you're in that position. As it's kind of like a no-win position because now you have to outrun the nuts. Because she played like God with that handicap. And, you know, she played like God. She made no error. She broke around like six racks. It's stupid. And it's just like, Gareth, you just see him imploding. You know, he had no he had no chance. Really. Well, okay, so, so to that I would say, well, all right, congratulations. You're supposed to be a world-quality player. Why can't you hold your head together long enough to be able to compete in this match? Like, you can, yeah, you can say mean, that you can, be, you can say that the be, handicap is, it is hard to play. It to winning the tournament. It would be like you'd have to celebrate like you won the tournament to play dead perfect and outrun the nuts. Which you can do, but clearly is that, fair, is, it, is, is that is that what you should have to do? No, you should just be able to go and play and have to play somebody even. The handicap is skewed. It's like um, yeah, but yeah, you but know. everybody knows what the handicap is before they sign up for the tournament. So if you if you decide to sign up for that People tournament, are willing to do whatever they have to do to go get a chance to go play for seven hundred and fifty thousand sure. dollars. So sure. no, I get that. There's, I mean, that's a that's just a non sequitur. The point is, if you're talking about two players playing on the merits of their skill, it shouldn't be a handicap tournament. It's silly. You should have a women's division if you wanna if you wanna create an opportunity for the women to make tons of money, which I am all for. I love that. And then if they want to play in the men's division and the open division, they should play even, and they should write a story about how she drilled everybody's nuts in playing even and won the tournament. That would be unbelievable because that's what sure. sports is about. It's about overcoming the odds. Now, if you have to sit here and say, oh, well, he had to beat this guy handicapped and this guy was sandbagging and he's a Fargo 680 playing as a playing playing in a 550 in tournament, it's just dumb. You know what I mean? It's like a dumb, it's like, you know, let's go club seals for fun. That's fun. Sure. It's like, why, why, why are we getting this conversation when you have such a prestigious event, such a high quality venue, such a great production, so much great money. Like, it's it sucks. It's it's a bad draw for Gareth, honestly. As good as he plays, it's a bad draw for him to have to play her, giving her that spot, and then to played like, like somebody out of uh, out of like a like a Norse mythology uh, novel or something, just swinging Thor's hammer and just crushing everyone. So I mean. That was a huge match too, right? Wasn't that to get to final, like the set to, to, to get final to semifinals? Oh, to get yeah, to the, the, the semifinals, I think. Yeah. Gross. I mean, Gareth will, Gareth will still have picked up a decent paycheck with all the money that was in there. Oh my gosh! But yeah, you know, you're 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 out, you're out there looking for you're out there trying to get the seven hundred thirty thousand U.S. dollars or whatever it was. And, I, I guess uh, I just when, don't... when there's that when there's that amount of money getting played for, 
I mean, I'm, was, I'm, I'm, not, I'm, not fan, I'm not. I'm not a fan of handicap tournaments anyway. I know it's it's much more prolific in the states than it is over here. I don't like the whole handicap thing. It never works correctly. There's always one person who's got too much of a benefit for it, or or not enough benefit from it. And it's and it, it's very rarely is it the best player that, that ever walks away with the, the the top prize when you have these handicap tournaments. Um, and I think for such an event like that, for so much money. The best player should be rewarded. Uh, in the end, it was. Yubo is the best player in the world at this game. The guy is insanely good, you know. Um, but, um, yeah, I, I mean... I noticed the... Uh, like said, she said, she, she played amazing, even, you know. But it, the fact that she played amazing, coupled with that handicap, meant that on that day, at that moment, nobody could beat her. There's, no, there's nobody on the... Except do you no, have... she was doing on another day when she didn't play as well. Yeah, Again, sure. the match she played against Gareth, okay, sure. she played the nuts. Nobody can beat that. Okay, There's so I, I do want to... I, that would have beaten that. I, I got to address that because at the end of the day, every, every single... And, and maybe if they played today, Gareth would beat her 15-5, to 5, even with that handicap. The point is, is she played well. The tournament format was what it was. Everybody knew what going in. And there still was only one woman in the final eight. I don't. I don't know when the last woman was eliminated. Besides that, I. I mean, the 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 website is in Chinese, and like you can't. It, it's nearly impossible to follow it along unless you speak Chinese. Somebody uh, just said something about that in here. But there was there was nobody in the women played each other, and then and then got out to like the final four to just wreak havoc amongst the uh, amongst the men, just destroy them all. Um, well, my my point is is like the the tournament format is what it is. Everybody knew that going in. Uh, there's one woman in the final eight. The fact that it, the fact that this made the women at least mildly competitive. I mean, Kelly still didn't make a deep run. She made 17th through 24th or something like that. Um, so, I mean, at the end of the day, if the women have a chance, if if we find a format that at least the high end women have a chance to compete, I don't see why it's a problem. I mean, at the end of the day, Gareth Pot. How many times has Gareth Pot been ran over like that in his career? Sure, very few times. But how many times has he done that to somebody else? And somebody leaves that event saying. Well, if you know he played like God, what can you do? Well, maybe you can find a way to put it back on him and apply that pressure back. This, we we all agree that he looked like he was kind of mentally tapped out from it. Part of the reason, maybe part of his performance was because he couldn't <laughs> mentally fade it. Maybe that's part of it. Maybe that's on him, not on her. The fact that she keeps putting it on it is a testament to how great she plays and her mental fortitude. Can we first just check? There's people reading the comments here. Are we entirely sure that that match against Yuba was the final? Is there not like a losers, a couple of losers matches? She's in the hot seat now, no? I keep I keep seeing notifications. I did notice too the mechanics of the break. I thought was interesting that everybody's breaking like across the top of the the head ball from the opposite side and like bringing the cue ball, kind of curving it past the head string and not breaking from the middle. Um, and I think that's to kind of separate the balls, but not allow them to come back together and hit them at a, I guess that's like the optimum break for that particular uh, table. Uh, Jim, do you know a little bit about that? Say again, what kind of break were they using? I didn't really watch much. Are you, are you, they they, they went for the second ball, you mean? No, they're breaking the top, like Brooklyn side of the one ball. So if you're breaking from the, less, the left cushion, you're hitting the right side of the top of the one and curving the cue ball uh, over the top of the side pocket. I think to, to like kind of spread the balls open, but not let them spread and come back together. Um, and so there's less clusters on the, that's to me was, I, I guess the reason, because I, 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 I didn't I, see I one person break that. from the middle. Every, everybody who I saw that was, even Gareth was breaking from the rail, breaking that. Yeah. Fast. I, thought, I thought it was interesting. I have what, to, it, what, 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 what it does is break, breaking from, from the side and having that break, it, it 
kind of almost takes away the chance of the scratch on the break, which is yeah. massive, obviously. So you're really trying not to, you're, you're trying to give yourself the best chance not to sell out straight away in the rack. And if you make a ball, you make a ball. Um, that's the only reason I can think. I'm not sure it would have an effect on the spread of the balls much. Uh, it's very difficult to control. It's depending on how they're racked, but it can give you benefits with controlling your cue ball and, and not scratching. Yeah, so I, I don't know. I guess there's 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 more play. I I, I guess. Yeah, I don't according know. to the comments, there's there's more to go. So Yubu Yubu is in the hot seat then, and uh, there, there's maybe there can't be more than like three or four that are still fighting to get. Uh... Yeah. Yeah. I. I guess I, I, the, the website's nearly impossible to use. Um, yes, I find it very difficult to follow, which is how, why I kind of gave up on it. Early and, I, in the yeah. and I guess I, I, I guess I went off of their, um, I guess I went off of their marketing, which they call every single match the finals. So I guess now that I'm looking at that, they're, they, they're calling everything the grand finals for the, usually you use that for the actual finals, yeah. but I guess they're, they're, that's their event name. I don't know. Um, the, it's, they're marketing in Chinese, right? So I, I, yeah, I'm probably wrong on that, I guess. Um, regardless, I mean, at the end of the day, there's one woman in the final eight. The fact that this brings them up and allows them to compete, I don't see a problem with it. I, the fact that a woman, the fact that a woman beats the heck out of uh, Gareth Potts, and that's, that's our justification for saying that this system is broken and it's stupid. I, oh, no, that's not, oh, no, 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 no. That's not my justification for saying it. My justification for saying it. It's not, like I said in the beginning, this is not only a rule for women, this is a rule for an age, for age groups as well, under a certain age. And I'm not sure what the age is, but there's massively talented players under that age that have to give, that, that they will get this advantage as well against somebody who they should never be given an advantage against just because of their age. You know, that this is this is a problem for me. It's not based on ability. It's based on gender and age. This is the wrong way to handicap, in my opinion. Oh. The fact that there is a handicap is is not so much an issue for me it's how you're it's how you're defining what that handicap is and who gets given the handicap how, That's how do you think about this Handi change? handicaps are, handicaps are always based on ability you know not on well, age not on no, sex not on hair color not on height i don't know not on, it's i don't know what the difference is between I've men and women tweak to this to the handicap that they're doing now okay go ahead when they when they say you know the one ball in in eight ball of course that one particular ball is the whole game a lot of times it's in a place where it dictates if you're going to win or lose that game we've established that what if they did eight ball the way we're doing it here in the united states a lot of times now is uh, giving a point value to each ball and then a slightly greater point value to the eight ball now if you spot them that one ball in the rack it's not like necessarily dictating win or loss it's just one more one less point the women can get in well, a let's, ball rack they well, can let's, let's, get let's, out let's, easier yeah but let's hold off on that for a second because let's let's talk i i do want to have that discussion in a second because i think that's a valuable thing to say uh, Rob, because I think I think if we're if we're going to allow some sort of handicapping, then let's talk about the different ways that we could look at. Because I mean, we could also say, all right, well, you can have a one ball handicap, but you have to choose at the front of the rack instead of the back of the rack, right? There you could you also go. do that. And and I think let let's get to that discussion here in a second. Um, but I, I don't want to close this one out by jumping into that one necessarily yet. 
so Jim, I guess the part that I have the problem with is we say, um, and this always comes generally speaking from men, it's, well, there's no physical aspect to this game. So why are we giving up a handicap, right? Why should there be a handicap? Everybody plays in the same conditions, everybody, blah, blah, blah. But that's, that, that, I don't know what it is. I'm not, I don't know. I don't know what it is, but to say that the men have the same opportunities as the women, whether it's physical, whether it is uh, structurally, whether it is like industrial, it, it, it's not true, right? If that was the case, and we would have found some woman at some point in time that was as good as the men in their era at the best, right? We ha we've never seen that. I don't know why. You know, maybe maybe there's a host of reasons. Maybe there's just one. But to say that the women should and could be just as what good as the men, we've never seen that. So how can we just blatantly say that that's a that's the case? Why shouldn't they get some sort of small handicap? Because whether it's bigger, whether it's small. But I'm talking about individual players. See, this is the I thing. Know. You 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 are taking it as as women, and that's what they are doing with this this handicapping system. They're saying women in general are not as good as men in general. So we give them all a one rack handicap or a one ball well, you, handicap. But what, what about the elite women who are as good as the men? Whoa, 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 whoa! What what woman is is what woman can you name right now in any aspect of the in any in, in any area of the game is as good as the top men? Suming Cheng. She's not as good as the top men. She's an 800 Fargo. She's better than 99.9% of men who play. But she's, she's not an 800 as good Fargo. as the men. How many, how many men are an 800 Fargo? Uh, 20? 20 28? Like but there's 28 men who are as good as her. Something like that. <laughs> no, no. But that, then that's like, that's like saying, well, how many men are at 780? Maybe 10 more, 20 or 30 more, 40 more? So why isn't a 780 also at that same level? The point is, is you are never going to take Simming Chen past a race to seven against a player like Josh or a player like Jason or Shane you're talking, or you're Fado talking, you're, or FSR. You're talking about, you're talking about the cleanest of the, 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 sorry, I'm speaking Dutch, the smallest of percentage of players. Put her up, put her up against Billy. Yes, but at the top, give her one ball, give her one ball against Billy Thorpe. Jim, probably missing, the, probably you, you, USA's number three player. Give her one ball against him. You're missing my point. My point is, is she does not compete at the top level against the top players. That's my point. And if she can't compete against an Albin or a Josh or a Fedor or an FSR, then they're like you're talking about the one woman player in history that's been close. And you're saying because she's close and there's only this big of a difference that that's good enough and we can just blanket the entire history of everything else. When what no, I'm telling no, you is no, even no, if you no, do want to talk. No, what you're doing is you're supporting the argument to blanket females as all being not good enough. I'm saying that there has never been one that has been at the toppest level. And so if you want to do any, some I sort of any, handicap, I, would say, I can I see the justification anybody, I would it. say anybody who has a Fargo over 800 is an elite pool player regardless of their gender. You are but an that elite pool player. Correct. And I agree with that. If you're above I, I agree with that. 50. What, what I'm saying is being an elite pool player does not make you compete against FSR and Fedor Gorst and Joshua Filler. That does not mean that you're going to be able to have a chance consistently okay. against those but players. Why should, why, but as, as an 800 Fargo female player, why should you be given a handicap when a 780 male player is not given a handicap? So that's a question that we can discuss. What I'm talking about is this is the best of the best of the best. And the fact that one out of eight women is in the final eight does not mean that the system is broken. We need to throw it out because one, one of the final eight players is a woman, and that's BS because she plays good.
She plays too good to get a handicap. So let's ignore the rest of it. At the end of the day, if, if this if this handicap was that big of a deal and it was making woman women too good at this game, then there would be three, four, five, six, seven players in there. But there's one. I think if you gave Kelly Fisher a one ball, she'd be she'd be she would be she played in this tournament. She didn't make the top twenty. She was she there. Yes, she was playing. She I don't, took I don't, like I said, I don't know. <laughs> she but was there. Yes, <laughs> but you can't be. Kelly played in it. She got. Uh, I can. I have to say. I have to say, Nate, to 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 just make it based on gender. I can. I under no circumstances can I agree with you because a handicap is based on ability. Is there a more perfect handicapping way? Probably, maybe. But at the end of the day, like this isn't broken. Be like we can't just say that this system is broken because there's one woman there that's beating the hell out of Gareth Potts. I mean, if it was that big of a deal and it actually worked, yeah. So Kelly got 17th. That's what I thought. She got 17th or 24th. You, you can't you can't in one word say Kelly if, if she had this spot she would kill everybody and then oh well she was there and she lost okay well obviously if it was that big of a deal and it made the women compete with the men then there would be six seven eight women in the final eight and there's there's one there's exactly one so maybe this handicapping actually does work okay maybe it's fine does Fargo even do Chinese eight ball the, Ch the Chinese tend to, I, I think the Chinese, and I, I don't mean this derogatively, I think they, can, they they tend to ignore anything outside of China as far as. I think so. You know, yeah. They basically, they do it their way and that's that that's it. And they're happy with the way they do it and they do it. Okay. And uh, of course, these guys go and sign up. You know, Gareth Potts goes and signs up there. He's got sponsors. He's got responsibilities, yep. obligations there. He's going to go and play it. You know, Chris Mellon as well. He's over there. He's got, he's, he's got his, a lot of sponsors over there. Sure. He's got obligations over there. So he goes and plays. Um, do they, 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 do, they, do they like it? Do they think it's fair? Of course not. <laughs> but yeah, they, they oh, go sure. and they play. Well, it's it, it, fair in what sense? I mean, if you, if so, this this is ultimately my point of all this. Like, we, everybody hates a handicap once that's the tipping point for them losing, right? The the Ubo guy that's uh, you know, he just won the chair for this. He probably still doesn't think it's unfair because he hasn't lost. If he loses the final, gets double dipped by this woman, he'll probably say, Yeah, it's unfair. And we're gonna completely ignore the fact that she played amazing pool with the handicap. So now we're gonna now we're gonna Nobody's look at the handicap. That. Nobody's ignored that. We've, we've we've said we've said several times that she played amazing pool. Well, is, yeah, I, I know. Which, which, for me, that, which is for for me is the only reason I need for her not to get a handicap. Seeing the way she plays the game, she doesn't need a handicap. She's been just, she's uh, being generalized. She's been she's been put in a box. She's been put in the female box rather than a pool player box. Now, for well, me, being, I think she being, should be put in, she should be seen as a pool player, not as a female. That's she's being put in a box that applies. She's being put in a box that it currently applies to every single woman that played in this field, including Kelly Fisher, and may still include her. We don't know yet because she hasn't been beat twice. She's still in the tournament. We're waiting to find out. Yep. If she loses her next match and she gets third place. Are you still going to say, well, that it, she plays too good, she shouldn't get a handicap, and she didn't win the tournament? I would say that. I would say that okay. she, should, she, how does, she should. How does Pool handle identifying as a different sex? Well, we can't we can't talk about that because we, none of us are qualified to even talk about that. That's why I ignored it to begin with. I mean, at the end of the day, sure. I mean, if if I put on, you know, the, the whole thing is. Oh, but be careful, but, but be careful, Nate. There's nothing. There's nothing wrong with somebody. There's nothing wrong with one of the top men now turning around and saying, "I identify as a woman," 
and they will get that one ball handicap in the next event there for 730,000. How do you stop that from happening? How do you well, stop that from happening? There are, I mean, there there's are, a whole different discussion. I don't want to go down that, that road. Yes, okay, I'm just saying, on, you're saying Jim, that you, on, for Sam. you to turn around and say, and again, it's you can't base it on gender or what it's, it should be based on ability, you know? Well, then that's like I'm saying that, that then why shouldn't. Why shouldn't female golfers, why should they get their own tour? They should be playing with Tiger Woods and Rory McIlroy and Justin Thomas because no. it's just a golf ball and you're just hitting it with a stick, right? Or, or the, the women's match. No, it's completely Stop different. It. Come on. It's completely different. No, it's, it's not. Why? Because Poole doesn't have a single, a single thing that would uh, give an advantage to men over women? Fem women? Women have been given opportunities to qualify for the Open. They've been given opportunities to qualify for for, for, for for tennis majors, for darts, for everything, but they're not given a handicap in order to help them to do it. Right. You can well, try, and if you want to do well, it, do sure. it. But we're not going to give you a handicap to make yeah. sure that you've got I, a chance to do I, it. You I, do I, it on I, your I, own I, merit. And what and what I'm talking about is if you're going to already have an event with a predetermined handicap saying that this woman shouldn't get it when the rest do is ludicrous just because she's having success. But, but I'm not based on her success. I'm based on the fact that she plays too good to be given a handicap. Yeah. And yeah. she still might not win the tournament. But the fact okay. that she... Then, then, maybe, then maybe, she, maybe the person who beats yeah. her just plays really, really... Is the yeah, one person, in, the one person in the tournament? She she got beat by one guy, and that was my argument with Gareth Potts. And you're like, no, it's because she's a woman. <laughs> like maybe uh, she just actually played good, and Gareth just just yeah, we, which is why she shouldn't have a handicap. We don't know that because the handicap was used. <laughs> Regardless, at the end of the day, like you can say that we can't just give it to women, but at the end of the day, the women had this, and they're still not there. So the fact that if you're not going to have a women's event and you're going to make it. A, a co-ed event and this is how you're going to make it a co-ed event uh then going back and saying that the handicap is unfair because she plays too good knowing that going in it's just it's just it doesn't the, the your argument i just don't think holds water this is what the event is yeah i'm not disagreeing i'm not disagreeing with you that is what the event is they make the rules and you go and play it if you want to play it what i'm saying is that, that a handicap should not be based on gender Regardless Why? of what sport you're playing, it should not be based on gender. It should be based on ability. Correct. Well, then don't put the men or women together in anything. The point is that they do. And you can't just make it open because the, every everything. single sport, including pool, is my, including pool, it favors the men. You can't you can't put you can't put like you can't put women out there with the men rugby players and say, well, if you're gonna play with the men, this is what you gotta do, right? So you'll keep if it, you're gonna force them to play together, you you have to have it some sort of way that gives it a fair uh, but Nate, you've you've, ent you've entered tournaments that you would need a handicap to win, but you sure. still entered them to play. Did you yeah, expect? But, but did did you go? Did you go to the tournament and this is not fair? I'm not as good as the rest of them. I want a handicap. No, you entered the tournament knowing you couldn't win it, knowing that you're not good enough. But it, there's a big but, difference between what you're saying and a tournament that creates a tournament specifically with the idea that there are two okay. sets of players that are going into it. So you go, you you enter a tournament, and there's a, a female in there who is better than you, and you play against her, and she gets a handicap because she's a female. Do you think that's fair? What does the rest of the field look like? It's, is it the no, best it's about you. You you have to play this person. You have to play this person. You've got to play somebody. You, it doesn't matter who they. Are. It doesn't matter. You, you it doesn't matter if it's male or female. You have to play me. You've got no, to it play does matter, me. Though. That's what I'm saying. Is it does matter? If, okay, if so it's you've, an, got to, you, you've got to play me, and I get a handicap <clears> against you. 
if it's a state tournament, so let's because last week was a state tournament. If it's a state pool tournament with all of the best players in the state, and I have to give us and I have to give a spot to a woman's player who has who is being forced to play with the men, and she plays better than I do, and I have to give her a game or two games, I'd be okay with that because that's because the handicap isn't that's for sport, me. Mate. That's that's not sport. That's it not is sport. If you're going to. It, if you're going to force, we, we do have. If you're forcing them to be in there, that's the point. Is this yeah, tournament forcing anybody to do anything? Wisconsin. You just, you just said that the men aren't being forced that's to play in this event. We're just saying the rules are made and the men are not being forced to play in it. So you, I would tell, say to you, the women are not being forced they to play in it. it. They'd be stupid not to. But this guy, no, no, you're missing what I'm saying. The men and the women are being forced to play together. That's a tournament director choice. Right, so if, if I'm forcing the men and the women no, to play they, together, they, no, they just didn't make a women's event. That's my point. They don't have a choice. They put them together, and it's a tournament. I'm looking at it from a tournament director's yeah, but, perspective, uh, not from a player's perspective. We have an interesting can, case uh, in, uh, in uh, Wisconsin that has an example of this, and and uh, we have one female player in Wisconsin who has a ranking in Wisconsin that's called grand master okay in our team events in the master division you can have two masters play on the team but in this case you can have this gal play on the team in the place of a master too because she's a grand master considered because she's just the best woman pool player in wisconsin and has been for a million years uh so that's kind of an example of of uh basing a position on the ability of the player to a higher position initially because they're just a female player but better than all the rest so you make a division for them she's the only one in it i believe in wisconsin she's the only female grandma you're talking about pam kelly designation yes yeah, and she's been told yeah. that she can no longer play with the women. Yeah, she can't play she, with the women at all yeah. in the master division because she's a grandmaster, the only one. And well, that's based on ability. For now, for now apparently. But for now, whatever, yeah. At, just, at, at the, yeah, at the end of the day, this system seems to me to make it very competitive, at least closer to competitive for the men and the women to play together. I don't see a reason why there's an issue with that. No, nobody in Wisconsin has an issue with that. Okay. No, I no, I'm talking about in this in this tournament in China. The men and the women are they found a system that seems to work to at least make the women competitive. And I just I I I mean yeah, Eric, I, I agree I mean, with him on that. I, we, I we, this particular we can make jokes yeah. is not right. Well, we can make jokes about like uh like identifying and whatever. And I mean there's nothing that no, we can do. Yeah, even that. regardless of that, that was a total different subject. This this well, is, oh I know. I'm just this referring is just to that. Not right, that this particular in eight ball especially it, it 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 is just such a huge thing i i am surprised that there was if it was a huge thing there would be more women that are there because I mean, at the end of, of the day there's this rule in eight ball i'm surprised that there isn't more females in the top 10 in the end of this tournament very well this goes exactly to what i'm talking it's about I, it's a huge spot it is we all agree like we can start there all of us agree that this is a massive spot. And what I'm saying is even with this massive spot, we still do not see women being populated towards the end of the tournament. And that's 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 all I'm saying at this point is maybe this is actually pretty good for Asian pool. I mean, maybe Why that's maybe this makes it interesting. Women entered to begin with. 
I don't know what the breakdown is. I, I wish I knew. Maybe maybe somebody out there in the comments. What the numbers were way skewed. Yeah, maybe. But I know that there was it was there would a, be more least, women in the finals. Yeah. Jim is not happy with this. <laughs> it's a good debate, no, though. I've, I mean, I've, 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 no, I've, 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 I've made my position clear on it. For, for me, gender is, is, is not important. You're as good as you are. And uh, if you have yeah. a handicap, it's based on how good you are. So, yeah, so cool. do you think, so, so Jim, let me ask you this. Do you think that there is an advantage that can be had by men in this game? Or do you I think do. that all, all people, regardless of height, weight, size, genetics, are, there's, there is no difference at all? No, there is differences. I mean, it's been, the, 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 I mean, this has been looked into quite a lot. There, there is, you know, there, there there is differences just between the ears about how competitive men are and women. Women are more uh, 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 they, they 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 show more empathy. They are less likely to actually want to bury somebody into the ground when they're when they're playing sports. This is just in general. Some of them some of them are more masculine orientated when it comes to that. They just want to destroy, destroy, destroy. But I'm talking about in general, um, they're not as competitive uh, as men are. Um, we obviously, you know, any sport, you have to start, if you want to get to the top of the game, you have to start at a young age. And, you know, me, I've got two girls at home. If I had two boys, I'd be taking them around the pool room. Uh, but do I, would I take my girls around the pool room? With I mean, times are different now, but if you're talking about 30, 40 years ago, you know, to... You know, pool rooms were stinky little places or whatever with, with, with some, you know, unsavory characters in it. You're more likely to let your 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 boy go around there with his mates than you would be to to let your daughter go around there. You know, and it, even if you go into a pool room nowadays, the it, it is mainly if you look at the kids that are in there, the young people, it's 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 mainly uh, males rather than females that are in there. So it, it's been more accessible to uh, to guys. It's seen it's seen more as a, a as a as a, as, a, as a male orientated sport. Um, okay, so then from a so physical, so, just there's, physical there's, So there's less at play, but it doesn't mean that you don't occasionally get one or two that come through that, that are just as good because no, physically it doesn't really make any difference. You don't think that there's a single physical advantage that men have over women in this game? <laughs> well, you obviously do think. Oh, I'm asking what you think. Mm, nothing significant, no. Look at his beard. What are you talking about yeah <laughs> well let's i mean rob what do you think do you think that there's do you think that there are any physical advantages men have over women well i can honestly say uh the only physical difference uh, barring a general size uh being uh, guys being a little bit taller uh overall generally is uh breasts being uh, when you look at uh, some girls playing huge huge who are well endowed uh, you should watch the way they stand at the table and the way they kind of manipulate that stick. Their back foot is always play. behind their front. I talk to women about this, and they do adjust and stand differently because of that. So there is that. There is that. Absolutely. Accommodate for that is up to them or how they adjust for that. Well, I can I can tell you now, Chris Melling has got larger breasts than most of the women that, that I've seen <laughs> playing pool, and he doesn't seem to worry about it too much. Well, I know a few guys that do. I have a really terrible joke about uh, about uh, breast size and pool. But okay, let's hear it. I, I you know, I, I don't want to be tactless either because um, – Anyways, I, I used to say uh, jokingly that a certain uh, – I don't even want to say it. I, I, can't, I can't do it. Maybe at the bar. 
All right, I'm not trying to get canceled, so I'm just gonna I'm gonna cancel We're right. We're not getting that talking about <laughs> We're not getting canceled. Okay, okay so, like, no, 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 there, there could well right. be a slight correlation there. That will that that will that 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 will like, uh, uh, affect your technique, I, I guess, in some way or form. Um, but everybody's so, got okay. everybody's got a different technique. Some, I mean, if you look at the way that uh, that Neil's, if you look at the way that Sufi holds his cue. Mohamed Sufi, we've talked about him a lot recently. If you look at the way he holds his cues, he could have That's double totally F pressed hanging thing. from his chest and the cue wouldn't be anywhere near them. So the, the mean, point the point, Jim, is there the, the point that I'm making is there are absolutely physical differences. There's no way that you can look at men and women and say that, you know, the, what he said is an example of one. Generally speaking, when you watch women, especially when they have larger breasts, they end up having to have their their back leg behind their front foot. So they're actually open up their entire stance so that they can get their chest further back into their stance and out of the, out of the way of the cue. Well, if you're going to be standing with a completely, uh, it's not stable. Your base is just not stable. Uh, it can't I mean, be stable. It cannot no, be as stable, especially when you start talking about big strokes. That's true. That, that, that's not true. Miserac had maybe the best stroke ever. And he stood out of the way because he had a big gut and he had to get, get out of the way of his key. It was the same okay. thing, but he had a big Okay, so gut. you're talking about like one person in the entire Buddy history. Hall, and saying, Buddy, All Hall's right. same, Buddy Hall's the same way. It's, it's, an old, it's an old school American style. Look at the old snooker players. Look at this. Your gut is a full foot. And yeah. Your gut is a full foot I, behind. What I'm saying is that, is that their side caddy, those are the, the side way stance is an american stance the snooker stance is a squared stance what they're, i'm saying is they're, they're, they're back to to approach the same way you can be no. extremely stable and extremely uh secure in your stance standing to the side of your cue yes with an archer stance what i'm saying is their back foot is behind that they go behind that well i mean maybe if you had a diagram or some kind of whiteboard or something but this well, not Bob says here but when i lean over the pool my nuts get crushed once in a while when I'm stretching out. <laughs> it, it's a problem. It's definitely a problem. It, it, it is not something that men, generally speaking, have to think about. And to, to use the gut as an example, that's, that, that's just no. There's the, the, the gut is a full foot behind where the chest is almost. Below? It, that, yes. <laughs> right? I mean, by the yeah. time that you get to your All gut. All I'm saying is, is, that, is that there's a remedy for that. There's a remedy for that. You want to create clearance. Uh, Mark Wilson is is this is how he teaches the the stance. He's helped Karen Core, who has a snooker background, and standed used to stand more square to the ball, and that was a, an issue creating clearance for herself. And he got her standing yeah. more sideways, and yeah. and she it was disorienting at first because she's got years of programming, and then now she's you know she's she's stable and it's out of the way. It's not it's a non-issue. So okay, you can, so let me so let me ask you this now, right? Do you think that if she had that stance originally and didn't have to worry about the, the actually changing her stance to make it work for her chest, do you think that she would play better pool with what she does no. naturally or what no. she had to change to? No. no, that's my exact point. No. That's my exact point. Women cannot do what's optimal because they don't have the ability to. So no, if you that, do something that's, that's not optimal, of what? No, 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 no. I, th I think her original stance was not better than what she has now. I think she's become. I think she's. She's her, probably her original stance was a snooker stance. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't work. It's been proven that the snooker stance is not optimal for playing pool. Look at how look at how the break goes. The snooker stance, it doesn't help. Yeah. Women, women, Kelly Fisher has struggled with her break throughout her whole career because she has too much of a square snooker stance. Mm -hmm. She doesn't get the power through it. 
you know. Yeah. So you, you think these... that that's the only reason why you don't think that you don't think that she can't get this the the power because she's just a woman and doesn't have testosterone to build muscle mass. Absolutely, hundred percent. I, I I would destroy uh, Tyler Steyer in an arm wrestle, <laughs> but he can outbreak me by about twenty miles an hour. No problem. It's not about strength. We got to set up an arm wrestling it's match. With Tyler. You got We got to set up a, an, arm, an arm wrestling match. <laughs> The, guy can outbreak, the, the, guy can out, the kid can outbreak me by about 20 miles an hour. But an arm wrestle, it's not he doesn't, break, he doesn't break the balls that hard. Oh, come on, Nate. Jesus Christ. <laughs> he doesn't break the balls that hard. He's not breaking them at 27 miles an hour. He's breaking them at like 20. Yeah. He's just got, he's got the He does not break the balls at 27 miles an hour. It's he doesn't break timing. The it's, not, it's not muscles that create speed in a break, Nate. It's timing. It's how you hit the weight. It's about your... So why are muscles you? Why are you but muscles don't make you, give you the biggest break in the world. And did I say they did? I'm yes, just you did. He doesn't. Yes, you did. You turned around and said, "Is you said is, is Kelly's break maybe not being great because she doesn't have the muscles for it?" No, I, I was. I'm saying to you, absolutely, 100 not. It's got nothing to do with that. It it does absolutely have something to do with it. But well, I, what I'm saying, what I'm saying is, you can't. You can't say, in Wisconsin. Uh uh skinny little guy, the best break, hardest ever <clears> I've ever seen. <laughs> What is that noise? Right, I, I, I got to run. I'll be okay. Back. okay. What I'm telling you is that, sure, can can Kelly Fisher theoretically swing as hard as Tyler? Let's just say the average breaker. Sure. But she has to be swinging at 90% to do that, where men can swing at 70% to do that. And if you're swinging at 70% to get the same amount of energy, you're going to be able to control 70% a lot easier than you control 90%. Robert Visnick, before it disappears, I would say the Luna has one of the biggest breaks on the planet. I, I would say correct. The Luna's got one of the biggest breaks on the planet. Yeah? Sure. Does he outbreak Jason? Quality or speed? Speed. Does he outbreak Jason? Uh, yeah. Yeah? Yeah. Who can bench press the most? Who's the what? Who can bench press the most, the best <clears throat> press the most out of the two of them? What oh, I'm, Jason, I think yes, com Jason comfortably, I would yeah. say. Yeah. Well, I think Kelly Fisher could probably bench press more too. <laughs> nah. It doesn't change what I'm saying. Well, it does. You're saying you're it's, saying that's a joke. Because you're, saying, you're saying you're saying because of strength, physical strength will give you a harder break. It's not true. What I'm saying is, speed wise, hit wise, having muscle is not going to hurt you. Technique no. is all. You know, what does you know where I, I saw that with Kachi and his breaks in the last tournament that he won? I mean, his he was overpowering that rack every break, and and no, that had to do with his size. I, just, I, I mean, all, all we're doing is talking about a bunch of men and then saying because it's the case with men that it automatically translates to women. No, no, I'm saying I'm saying that your 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 physical strength will not is is, is not directly correlated to how hard you can break. Yes, the pack with ball. men, always with men. So you think that women and men should be able to break the balls the same speed? Is what you're saying? If I they wanted say, to. All right, let's look at tennis. I would say that Roger Federer and Serena Williams can probably lift the same, probably about the same amount of weights. Can Serena Williams hit a tennis ball as hard as Roger Federer? And that's no. my exact point. No. But she, but she's stronger than him. Probably, I would, I would guess she could probably lift just as much as him. Might. 
So, so, so you, so you're, you're happy to admit, you're happy to admit that tennis men can hit the ball way harder than women, but you refuse to admit that men can hit the ball naturally more easily than women. And that's not what he just said. That's not what I just said. That's not what he just said. Technique. Turn your head around, Nate. Your, your, your wingspan has a lot. So so Serena Williams doesn't have technique. Serena Williams doesn't know enough about tennis to be able to have enough technique to hit a ball is what you're saying. No, I'm saying that her strength is not dictating whether or not she can. So what does? Technique. Okay, so you're saying that she doesn't have technique. The greatest I didn't say women she doesn't have technique. I'm <laughs> saying that, all right, Roger Federer and Rafael Nadal. Roger Federer hits the ball just as hard as him, but Rafael Nadal picks up. Yeah, but up you're going back to men again. You're always between men. Name me one woman in history that's been able to hit a ball as, as, as well as the, the average men's tennis player that you don't even know. Well, Serena. If you're talking about the average men's tennis she can't, player, no, they, she the, the average men's tennis player hits the ball like 130, 140. The best she can do is like one, 108, 108, like right, like 110. Yeah, talk about the serve. Yeah, <laughs> across the board, and and Serena Williams is was partially as good as she was because she hit the ball harder than any other women. So you're My, saying that women cannot break because they're women. Or they don't hit it as hard because they are. I'm saying that there has got to be some sort of physical thing between men and women where maybe they can hit it close to as hard, but I've never seen a woman break the balls as hard as Jeff DeLuna. How about the fact fact that that up until now they've never had to practice it? They've never had to do much. Kelly Fisher's never really had to practice a break because it's not been the difference between winning and losing. She's never had to to develop a break. She's never had to spend the, the thousands of hours or hit the thousands of breaks that Tyler has in order to, to develop his break in order to become competitive. Because, let's be honest, I won't say she's had it easy, but she, she's never needed that extra dimension to her game until she started playing with the men and matching did these events. And then it was then it became quite obvious that, likes of herself, Christina Tkach, that their break wasn't up to the standards that would give them the opportunities against the men Whereas against other women, they didn't need those opportunities because okay, they were so getting they opportunities to... through other things. So, so is that the same case for tennis and golf? Because Rory McIlroy is regularly flying the ball 350 yards right now in golf. And yeah. the, the Michelle Wee was mentioning there, if she hits a 300-yard drive, that's huge. The, the, yeah. the best tennis women player in the world are hitting the ball around 100 miles an hour. And the every but man in the top. Yeah, but, but golf, golf is strength has a huge uh, uh, value. No, it's not Rory McIlroy's 5'10 and 170 pounds. Oh, you're saying he's not strong. Have you seen how he's built? He's built like an absolute well, he tank. is, but he is okay. built like that. Then, then Bryson DeChambeau, he disappears, spends two years in the gym, comes back and starts hitting 400-yard drives. Look how he's sure. changed physically to do that. Why do can't think, women do was that? It, why was he not doing it before? Why he was hitting 350 and now he's hitting 370. <laughs> he was still smashing the ball. You're right. Yeah, he's doing that a lot, but now he's only having to use now he's only having to go 80% to get it that far because yeah, he's buffed himself up. Okay, so now let's look at the let now let's look at the, the, the woman Bryson DeChambeau. Does she exist? No. If she spent two years in the gym doing exactly what Bryson DeChambeau did, how much how much do you do you think she'd be hitting at 370? No, because women are just genetically different. She'd get the same percentage increase. Which would still be 50 yards behind that at best. Perhaps. There's there's a genetic difference in every sport, golf, pool, basketball. You you can't turn around and say, you can't compare golf to, uh, perhaps I shouldn't even have compared tennis to pool, but you you certainly cannot compare golf to pool 
where your 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 height, your strength, your physical ability has a massive difference in golf compared to what it does in pool. Ping pong. Yeah, yes, but what you're what you're willing to admit that there's a genetic difference in every single sport, basically. Name me, but sorry, we we agree tennis, golf rugby whatever it is there's a genetic difference but pool sure. is this magical unicorn where there's no difference at all and nothing should be you know everybody should play no, the same this magical can... unicorn. there's plenty of sports that like that it's not a magical unicorn like what <laughs> chess that's not a sport no how's that a chess sport player. There's, there's richer there's a lot of lot, lot of top chess players i've got a lot more money in their bank account than pool players well, there's also a lot of there's also a lot of 16 year olds that are making a million dollars a year playing Fortnite. You gonna call that a sport? <laughs> they would, sure. And I would say that me sitting here on my computer drinking coffee and slapping myself in the face is a sport. Should I get paid millions of dollars for it? The, darts. I mean, yes. Darts is not a sport. Darts <laughs> is not a sport. Why is it not a sport? Because there's not enough physical effort put into it. Well, uh, we've already we've How already much discussed physical effort put in a pool. I don't. I don't think this. I don't think the pool's a sport either. Okay, so, <laughs> so, so, okay, so now you're going down a different rule to, to say that, that that pool is not a sport. It's a game. I think it could be. I think it could be played as a sport, and there are some as there are some athletes that do. Tyler Steyer, Niels Fyen, you know, players like that who actually take it serious on on and off the ta uh, table physically. Albin treats it as a sport, but you can't tell me right now that Buddy Hall treated this as a sport, <laughs> or you know, players like that, players that are three hundred pounds and. You know, it, a lot well, of people try to because you didn't need to be athletic to play it, <clears throat> and you still don't need to be athletic to play it, it, the the athletic part. For me, you know, somebody who keeps himself fit like Alvin does, Fedor's in good shape. Josh is in good. That helps you when it comes to tournament play, and you've got long days, and then at the end of the day, you're just feeling a bit fitter than the two hundred and fifty pound guy who's been eating hamburgers all day and, and and was up all night gambling, that puts you in a good spot against that guy at the end of the day, you know, when it's getting down to the grind. That's it. As so, just, one of, so it's a sport for one of those two and not for the other one because there's an entire culture of this game that treats it that way, is my point. Can it be a pool? Can, can chess be a sport? Sure, if it's treated as a sport, you're training on it. Let's not get bogged down in, the, in stuff like that. At the end of the day, to say that there is an absolute easy to see, I think Gord Kerb, that's a that's a good thing for the 290 yard drive for a woman, and that was jawbreaking, or that that was like groundbreaking. That was yeah. At the end of the day, you cannot agree. I just don't understand how you can agree that there is zero physical advantages men have over women in this game. And so we should. No, I didn't say I didn't say there was zero. I said they're negligible. I don't. I don't. I don't see the correlation between the difference in the standard of the top women or how few of the top women, I don't see that the, the physical differences make up that difference. I think the difference is too big for it just to be physical. It's also opportunities, it's willingness, it's competitive edge, it's the opportunities that they're given. There's so many more things other than just your physical ability to play the game. It's possible. Way more. It's not just I'm a woman, so I can't play. Well, no, you, you can be. You can be. Well, that's they, not what they, I'm saying. <laughs> they, physically, they can all be a Kelly Fisher. They can all be a Simming Cheng. But are they given? Are they, are they being given the opportunities? Are they starting at a young enough age to go through the ranks? Is there a system built for them to actually come and compete? 
Now, in Asia, well, there seems to be a reasonable system because there's a lot, quite a lot of young queuists. I'll say, you know, maybe this, this are getting more. But snooker is getting a lot of them coming through, you know, and they're showing that, you know, if you're if you're supported and you're given the opportunities, then females can play at a very, very, very high standard. And with the handicap, with with the handicap, with the handicap, without the handicap, there wouldn't well, be a woman. Handicap. Handicap. There's no handicaps. In, there's no handicaps in snooker, and there's women who are getting very, very close to qualifying from the men's tour. They're, oh, they're getting very, very close to qualifying for something that puts them 60th in the in in, in your country. <laughs> like, no, get put, put you in the top 128 in the world, the entire world. Well, yeah, and and, and a hundred of those and a hundred of those players are are, are from the UK, right? <laughs> hundred of the top one twenty-eight is probably in in the UK. Well, you might want to read that list, mate. There's the majority of them are from or, Asia or well, China. Apart, or China. Until, until, until until they get banned for 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 cheating and stuff like that. But no, yeah. it's not all just UK. But, but we'll but, say half are UK and half half are like Asia, and then there's ten or something other from other countries, right? Uh, you wouldn't be far off with that, yeah. Okay, because so all, because, because because snooker is generally based in the UK and in China. And Stooker is even more of a sport that requires little amounts of power. And women still can't compete there either. So there's got to be something it's opportunities. Genetic. It's opportunities. Oh, that's, I mean. You can't put it down. You cannot just put it down to physical handicaps. There's lots of, you were right at the start of the show. We should really have a, we should, we should really have. We have really had, need uh, to have a woman. A, a, a woman on here to, 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 to bite back on this. Because I don't think the women would agree with you. I don't think that I don't think you would get a Kelly Fisher or a Christine to catch turn around saying the reason that I'm not as good as Jason Shaw is because I'm a woman. And that that would they would not they would never say that they would never narrow it down to that is the reason why they're not as good. They would never allow that to be said. I think it's I think it's slightly I think it's slightly sexist and a little bit disrespectful. Like I do the handicap just to say just because you're a woman. You will be given this handicap. I think that's a little. I'm bit not saying just because you're a woman. I'm saying because you do not. I mean, testosterone is a huge thing, right? At the end of the day, for competitive edge, for for and not only competitive edge, can constant. Well, that's a mentality edge. as well. That's a mentality. It's not just a physical thing. That's like that's like no no. That's like saying no. It, it's not a mentality thing when it's a physical thing. I mean, you can't fake testosterone. You yeah, can't just say like just, it. Just it doesn't just it doesn't just <laughs> testosterone doesn't just build physical muscle testosterone creates creates anger it creates competitive edge it can and i said this, this before point. there's been studies that have been made to say that yes that there can be a correlation that, that men are just more competitive they're more they want to destroy they want to destroy they want to hurt other, hurt other people they want to you know they're much more competitive and that okay that comes from the testosterone side of it yes that could well be but it's but you you narrowed it down to muscle which is and I'm saying no, muscle is not. Okay, now you want to make it testosterone? Then yes, I'll go along with that because that that affects your psyche as well. It affects how you think. It affects the empathy you have for somebody else who's who's also trying to to achieve something in the same field as you. Men don't well, give a crap about to... the guys that's on the other side of the table. Women are more likely to turn around and say, "Oh, they, you know, oh, got a bit lucky well, there." If, if it's all based off opportunity, then why aren't Chinese women winning? Michael, winning and I also events? didn't say it was all based on opportunity. I said it's all part of it. I never well, said one. I never said it's all, it's all based on anything. I'm saying it's it's a combination of a whole load of things. You turned around and said it's because they don't have they're not as strong as men. <laughs> well, it, while while you're saying that uh, while you're saying that it's, it's it might be disrespectful for me to say that. 
Kelly Fisher can't compete with the top players because she's a woman. I think it also might be the same way that you're saying that there's never been a single woman in the history of this game who has had an opportunity that a man has had. Because right? at one point in time, if one woman in see, history... I also didn't say that. Why are you generalizing everything I say? You're, you can't, you're saying that you the can, women... You cannot... You can, you cannot if, I turn, if I turn around to you and say the opportunities have not been there for this for women as as much as they have for men there's a like a million men get the opportunity to play pool because they're allowed to go to the pool hall when they're 16 year old whereas girls their fathers are more protective they turn and say you're not hanging around that pool hall you know so less girls get the opportunity to go there you cannot generalize that and say that women just don't get the same opportunities not there's not the same amount of them coming through because that's the way society works that that girls have been protected over the years from places like pool halls and stuff like that you know it's not seen as a place that that, that that girls are supposed to go to you know and it's still a little bit like that it's better than it was 30 years ago you know if you ask kelly about going to pool halls and back then in, in the uk you know there, there wouldn't have been many girls hanging around there you know they would they wouldn't be allowed to the parents would be saying no you're not going to hang around there it's a dump it's full of idiots it's full of gambling it's full of uh, uh it's just not the kind of it was not the kind of places that you wanted your daughters to be hanging around in whereas your sons like always, I'll let him go. He's fine. He'll be all right. He'll be back when he wants to be back. That's just the way parents were with their kids. So a lot more boys got the opportunity to play the game, pick up the game, get better at the game, enjoy the game, and then they all come through. And then for every for every one girl who who actually decided they wanted to play it, there was two hundred or three hundred guys playing it. So obviously, then the majority rise to the top, and it's more difficult for the women to push through and and become top, 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 top players because there's just less of them. It's like any sport. You know, it's, it's the same with, 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 with international soccer, you know? It's no surprise that the best teams in the world consistently through history have the largest population because they've just got more people to choose from. So they, they end up, they only need 11 of them. 11 out of 200 million, you're going to get 11 good ones. 11 out of 5 million, yeah, you're probably struggling. To get 11 good ones it's just the way yeah well we can leave it there at the end of the day to say that there is zero genetic advantage that men have over women uh at least to actually make it i didn't see that at least i just said at least to make a big enough difference is just i think it's silly but it's it's something that we could just agree to disagree on and that's okay okay i didn't say there was zero genetic difference you said it was negligible Physical, you you okay. said physical, and I said that is negligible in my in my opinion. Sure, and I think it's a huge difference. And at the end of the day, I hope that this woman snaps this thing off with this handicap and comes back next year and snaps it off so that you can be right. But I know that without this handicap, uh, Kelly Fisher's not making the top seventeen. This girl's not making the top eight. And to force women into this tournament with men. Uh, at least to be able to have a chance of competing because they don't have their separate thing. Uh, there's got to be some sort of handicap that gives them advantage. And I think that they found one that's really good and really close. And I think that this is awesome to see. And I okay. wish that given this opportunity that this woman has, many other women will look at that as inspiration and practice their butts off so that they can get into this tournament and have the same level of success. Very good. And I, and I say it's unfair that I would be forced to play a tournament and give a handicap to somebody who's better than me. End of discussion. <laughs> Rob, what do you think? 
Well, I'm kind of dizzy. It's just like I, I mentioned, <laughs> Rob, Rob fell asleep three times during all that. <laughs> I mentioned ping pong a little while ago as a sport that would be equal and and no handicap I don't. necessary. And what I've seen is this ping pong match. <laughs> My head is kind of just I'm bobbing up and down between you guys. While I'm not a while I'm not a ping pong you know, expert. We all love this, it. all this, everything you guys have said, every has been talked about for years. And if the Chinese want to go about it this way, well, that's it. And absolutely, absolutely. It's, at at least I, here in the US, if the if the women want to get in the US open, they can. Yeah, pay the absolutely. money, get in and play with the guys. And some do. If I decide to run my own tournament and I put money into it and I, I, I say I'm going to organize this and I say this is the rules, if you don't like it, stay away. Yeah. That's, you know, the tournament is there and that's what it is. And you go and do it and you play it and it's fine. Somebody's yeah. walking away with 730,000. That's pretty nice. We have, there's tons of. I would love, I would love, I would love to see a tournament. I would love to see a tournament for our guys that's got, that's got a first prize. So can you imagine that? If we yeah. get to stage, that's where we want to get. We want it to get to the stage, regardless of whether it's eight ball, nine ball, ten ball, whatever game, even if it's a bastardized game that we don't even know yet. If yeah, there's prize money of 700,000 for first prize, we're happy to get it. You know, we're loving it. Where if the women get in the tournament, they get a spot a game. Yep. We spot them all a game. So and nobody good. complains. No. It's just the way it is. If you don't like it, don't get in. So it is that simple. Uh, but there is two sides to the story. And you can go back and forth all day long on it. So that's where we, I and, and we thought we were going to struggle your, for some talk about this today. particular rule about eight ball in China. I do not like it. I do not think that's right. So I'm on Jim's side on that. Now the reason for it that's up for grabs, but uh, the fact that it's there, uh-uh, don't like it. <laughs> Just for everybody that's out there watching, we actually had a conversation before we went live. Worried that we might not have anything to talk about. <laughs> Should we just open it up? Should we just open it up for audience participation and let everybody who's watching decide what we're talking about? And now we've spent. Well, an hour I almost it. left about ten minutes ago, so <laughs> I'm, really, so I'm. I, I do have some things to say. Yeah, Rob. Rob. Rob, uh, you wanted to talk about some three cushion stuff, didn't you? I, I I did want to mention a few things. Yeah, there. Uh, well, and this is a, a U.S. national regional tournament that anybody in the country can come to. It's called the Bob Keller Open Three Cushion Tournament, and it's held in Madison, Wisconsin, at a private club. And it's a wonderful club, four tables. We take 32 players. Are there any year. handicaps? What's that? Are there any handicaps? No. Yeah, you, oh. you could take one of the balls off the table. No. It's straight <laughs> up. <laughs> You're right. Yeah, That's cute, Jim. You know, it's a, it's a straight-up three-cushion tournament, no handicap. Anybody can come and play in it. Just pay your entry fee of a couple hundred bucks. And I did want to uh, mention the winners of the tournament. Uh, the top four players in the tournament, uh, the winner was Brian Half. Uh, second place, Olegario Gonzalez. Third place, Eric Valerio. And fourth place uh, was Rivera Gonzalez. And their winnings were 1700 1350 $1,100, and $875 for 1st, 2nd, 3rd, and 4th. Those payouts are pretty respectable for a three-cushion tournament and a regional type event. Now, by regional, I mean Michigan, Indiana, Ohio, Illinois, Wisconsin, 
and Minnesota and Iowa. No, one, one, one day event. It's no, it was it was actually a four day event. Okay, thirty two players. No, Thursday. So you, you are you are investing quite a bit of your time for that. You player. are. There's four days: Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. And but they paid down sixteen places in the event. So if you don't qualify, the top eight don't qualify. You still get some money, and then anybody can win money if they get a high run in each bracket. So there was that. You can win a little bit of money that way. So, But money for these players, I don't believe, is the number one motivation for the three-cushion players. I think it's the uh, uh, the plaque, the trophy, being number one, competing and being number one. There is a story along with this that I have to talk about for just a minute. One of the players in the tournament. I don't know. I, I don't from- know. I, I, I'm sorry, Rob. I just don't know. It's not like Jim hasn't. Jim hasn't been. Jim and I haven't been talking for the last fifty minutes. I'm not sure if we can fit you in. This Hold is on like a minute. five oh, minutes. Oh, oh, let me level it. No, I'm just good. kidding. <laughs> I'm, I'm, good for, I'm good for another twenty. So, so anyhow, go ahead. Uh, you can talk. <laughs> one of the players in the tournament I hadn't played since pre-COVID, and he was a newcomer. Been playing for just three, four years at the time, and I was just beginning one or two years. So we were both kind of matching up. We were in the same bracket, playing each other, and I noticed something. Uh, about halfway through the match, uh, every time he stroked, the last stroke, the final whole entire stroke from beginning to end, he had his eyes closed. Okay? He wasn't looking. And about halfway through, and it was kind of, in a way, it was a little bit unnerving to me, but then I thought to myself, well, maybe there's a trick here he's doing or something. It's just the way he wants to play, and but I stopped him. It was like he was ahead like 12 to 6. And he was scoring points like crazy. He was playing great. But so I didn't want to interfere, but I just had to, I had to say something. So I went, Eric, I went, do you know that you close your eyes when you shoot? And he kind of hesitated. And I don't know if he really wanted to answer me or what he wanted. And, and he goes, well, yeah, yeah. And I said, well, do you have a reason for that? I'd like to, I'd like to know what the reason is. And he goes, well, I'm trying something. I'm trying out something. And so I dropped it. I just let it go. And for the rest of the match, he closed his eyes, the last stroke, every time he shot. And he beat me like, I don't know, 25 to 15 or 16. He played great. He, he made some nice shots. He didn't miss any naturals that he had and i thought wow what i'm going to ask him some more when it was over when the match was over and so i did i questioned just a little bit more and and it was something that he had somebody at home in his room uh in uh uh chicago where he plays or uh no he plays out in boston in mason's place uh uh, amazing billiards amazing billiards out there that's his home kind of his home area where he plays so anyways i thought about what he said and i talked to some other players at the time about it and of course i felt as a competitor that it was kind of it could have been if i'd have let my mind go there kind of a sharking technique like god this guy just beat me with his eyes closed you know holy cow Where's the respect in that? Well, it really didn't have anything to do with that. 
it was exactly what he said it was. It was a method where he can disassociate his vision from his brain-body interaction. And what he was doing was he would check his stance. He would check the back of the stick where it was. He'd check his stroke and make sure in his preliminary strokes everything was the way he wanted it and then close his eyes and shoot the shot. You've seen guys in pocket pool do this for kind of a trick. Like, hey, watch this. I can make the shot with my eyes closed. Well, what they're doing is their body knows exactly once everything else is lined up that they can make that shot. And it goes right in the hole. I've never seen a three-cushion billiard player do that. And he was in this last tournament and played great. He only, in the preliminaries, he lost two matches by one point, 25 to 24. He really, his game is, in the last four years since I've seen him, really made some leaps. And I think part of that had to do with this training with his eyes closed and getting his brain to take over his body once his eyes had decided that's where they needed to be. And so this relationship between our brain, our eyes, and our body is, is kind of an interesting thing. Because you see, you see guys when they play pocket pool, what's the last thing they look at? Do they look at the object ball? Or do they look There's a great debate about this. Do, Nobody, knows. Nobody knows. Some, 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 some look at the object ball, some look at the cue ball, but there's a, there, there's a distinct reason for looking at the cue ball, and it's very similar to what you've said about closing your eyes. The, okay. the whole closing your eye thing is, is, a, is, a, is a well-known training technique for, 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 for snooker, for pool, for everything. The idea is that once you're down over the shot and you've chosen your alignment, if you have your stance correct and you've, you've set yourself up correctly, once you're over and you've chosen the point on the cue ball that you want to rack, that you want to hit the cue ball, you don't need your, you, you shouldn't need your eyes anymore because you've done the work. Correct. Now, they also, there's also something to be said, or some people believe that by not looking at the shot when you're shooting it, you take the, the stress away from the shot as well. You see a lot, you see oh. some players, they make a, they may, they make a last second adjustment because they're not entirely sure if they're online or there's just a little movement or they, they don't stroke the, the, the cue straight through because they feel like they have to manipulate the cue ball just a little bit more than what their alignment is allowing them to do. And then they miss shots. The, uh, the idea, the idea of looking at the, the I've tried it and people have said, do you look at the object ball last? Do you look at the cue ball last? And I've tried to focus on that when playing and my eyes are just going everywhere. And I don't, I, I really don't know what I look at. <laughs> There's a very famous uh, snooker coach who says you should always look at the cue ball last because again, if your alignment is correct, then all you need to do is to strike the cue ball in the correct place with your tip and you will always be good. And also, it takes the stress away from the shot you're playing because you're not focused on what happens. You're focused on, if if I do this, it will happen the way I want it to happen. Rather than looking ahead to see what is going to happen with my cue ball after I've hit it. Once oh, yeah. you hit it and you say, right, everything should happen the way I think it's going to happen because I've done my preparation correct. I don't need to see what's happening. It also takes away the, you see people, they play a shot and they jump off up off the queue right. to see what's happened before they're 
and the, the head comes up. That is sure. also because you're looking at you're you're looking too far ahead at what's going to happen. Yep. And you want Result. you want to you want to know too quickly if it's well, happening. I, Whereas <clears throat> if, if you're not looking at, at that far ahead, then you don't jump up to see. Right. This could be a fun discussion though. So Jim, uh or or either one of you, I don't care. Um so the idea is when should so what you're saying right now is you're, you're giving the argument for why you should look at the cue ball last. But when you learn no, no, to play I'm, the I'm game, giving the argument of why some people do and why some people don't. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. Yeah. But, but the last thing that you talk about was a cue ball last. You would all agree, I would think, that you would never learn the game playing that way. Right? Because at the end of the day, when you learn to play the game, somebody tells you hit the center of the cue ball and try to make the ball, right? Yeah. And generally speaking, especially if you're a bar player who kind of grew up playing in the, you know, uh, you know, your local pub or something like that. Uh, Ray's back. Hi, Ray. Um, so did you hear where we were at, Ray? No. So we were talking about basically, uh, should you look at the cue ball first or the few, the cue ball last or the object ball last? And so basically Jim was giving the arguments for both of them. And I have a question, I guess, for the, the group now. When you learn to play the game, you should not be looking at the cue ball last because generally speaking, everybody learns how to play the game by hitting the center of the cue ball and just cutting balls in wherever you need to go without applying spin or anything like that. So at what point in time do you think in your learning process of the game, should you be switching over to making it more the cue ball last? I think it's only situational. I think uh, there's certain spots where like... Uh, Let's say you're elevated over a ball, and uh, oh, sure. the limits of the uh, the limits of the shot are crucial, and you can't apply inadvertent side spin, and you got to be very very precise with your contact. That's and then you tr you learn to stay still and trust your your setup, um, and you're delivering an accurate stroke, and you've done all your your pre shot stuff. That's the only time that I really ever consider looking at the cue ball last. Sure, if you're jacked up, you're over a ball. Yeah, you can't look at the object ball. You have to look at the sure, so, especially if it's all ball fouls and you really gotta, you know, you can't dog it. You know, you gotta, you yeah. gotta make sure to hit that ball precisely. You know, where so when the margin of error is very small in that situation, that's the only time I ever really consider looking at the cue ball last. I, I had I had mentioned that when you were gone. I had played a guy in a three question tournament four years ago that every single shot on his from beginning of a stroke to the back. To through, he had his eyes closed. Mm -hmm. Every yeah, I've done that in practice. the whole entire game. Yeah, and I've it, done that in practice to really. It weirded me out a little bit as his opponent. You know, uh, oh God, I got beat by a guy with his eyes closed. Yeah. But uh, Ray, Ray, I've got a question for you. Do, are, are you aware of what you look at last? Yeah. See, I'm not. I, I I've tried. People have asked me, "What do you look at last?" Yeah. And I get on my table and I say, "Right, well." I'll, and my 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 head just goes crazy. My eyes are my. I feel like my eyes are flicking. It's almost it's almost when you when you listen to yourself breathe. Yeah. Then it's it starts to change. And you, you, and you, yeah, you don't know. Yeah, yeah, it's for some for me anyway. When <laughs> if I try and focus on what am I looking at, then I feel like I'm not looking at what I should be looking at. Oh, so yeah, basically, Jim, uh, throwing your cat. Your game is that. Yeah, is the cat is the cat alive in the box? Well, the only way that you can know is by opening it up and looking at it. Yeah. And the act of opening up and looking at it changes the outcome. Exactly. Yeah. I, so I I I've tried it and I don't know. I feel I feel like I have both, 
in view at all times when I'm down on most shots you talk about jacked up or jumps or whatever then you don't and then it's all object it's all cue ball but I feel like I have both you know in in view and yeah I don't know what I look at last I really couldn't tell you yeah well this player doesn't he just did it he did it I for that one game and I think he did it in my game because I was just a beginner player at the time and he wasn't concerned whether he was going to win the game or lose the game if he tried. So it was, and he didn't want to say that to me, to embarrass me or anything. So he was just, he was just, he, he was trying it. And, and I said, Oh, it's okay. No, go ahead. If that's what you want to do, I'm okay with it. You know, you can, you can do that. I'm, I'm fine. I'll just watch and be amazed. <laughs> Have you have you have you ever tried to play like no. a, little bit, a little bit cue ball first and see if it had an effect on your game? I have experimented with both. Yes, looking at uh, just the cue ball and and or just the object ball. I know in pocket pool, I look at the object ball last always, and uh, in billiards, I do occasionally do both, and sometimes I only look at the cue ball. And Raymond, three have, you, have you tried have you tried doing cue ball last and see what kind of effect it has? Not no. in pocket pool. I haven't. No. no, not 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 really. I think again, it's situational. Unless I have to, like Raymond says, if you're in a position where yeah, you want to make a clean hit, that's for sure. You don't want to foul or anything. like if I'm I'm extended with with the bridge and I got to make sure to hit you know, hit hit the uh, um, right with the bridge, yes. I most always do not look at the object ball last. Right, I'm looking right. at the cue ball. Unless I have a clear pathway and I'm just cueing the ball, then you know. Right. But um, those situations are the only time I really look at the last of the cue ball last. I think I think to Jim's point, there's a lot that's built into your subconscious that you don't really need to go into the weeds about. It's more yeah. about your, your process and and your training and what you can repeat over and over again. I think a lot of like in the comment, they're saying that your alignment, your tip position, your pre-shot, that's what your stance and your dressing of the ball. That's all. That's what, that's what that's for. You know, it gives you that, that anchor so you can get down and know exactly what's going on. And like, I've done exercises before where, you know, you get down and you close your eyes or, you know, well, that's the idea behind it. If you, if you are, if you, if you do have a fun, your, the, the, the fundamentals that are working for you, you have the pre-shot routine, you get your feet in the right place, you get your shoulders in the right place and you get your chin, your alignment, your eyes are in the right place to bend. I mean, I believe, uh, I believe in dominant eye and, and, and getting over the cue correctly that not everybody needs to have it in the middle. What, if you have that correct and you're online, the work is done. You can, your eyes don't need to be doing anything really after that. Right. Because your your eyes will only create more problems for you. Um, like, look, like, well, like I said, I think before you came on, you, you players lift their head because like they, they, want can't the, do it. Then, they, they want to see the result of their shot before they've actually performed yeah, their shot. And, and then and the head then comes I, up. You know? If you don't have your eyes open, that never happens. Yeah, you know? I've seen where the dominant eye... Uh, on which side of the ball you're cutting the ball on works against you. And I've seen uh, players where they, with if they can't cut a ball to the left and make it, they just can't do it. And and But if it's cutting it to the right, they make it every time. And I, I tried to work with a fellow who was like that, and that was visual adjustment to what side of the ball he was hitting it on. Yeah. And, and And once we got his head placed correct, then he was making the cuts to both sides. We just adjusted his head placement. Yeah. I don't feel strongly about it. 
I think whatever you do, it'll be fine. I don't think that <laughs> what <clears throat> I mean, ultimately, whatever you end up deciding with, whether it's the object ball or the I mean, this is this is kind of like the you know, this is this to me is a lot like the, the, the debate of what's the best shaft out there. Well, yes, I was going to say it's, it's, it's individual shaft, for everybody. Yeah, you, you, sure. ultimately, like your game is what it is. And what you're trying to do is you're trying to maximize the five percent at the end of your game to give you an extra five percent. Well, if I just had this shaft. Uh, I would go from a, a 595 Fargo to a 600 Fargo. Or if I, you know, if I looked at the object ball last, I'd go from a 595 to a, a 599. Like you're, you're trying to optimize the, the tail end of your game where at the end of the day, it's like, you know, just practice, you know, whatever. Or if, I didn't, or, if I, or if I didn't have to make the last ball play an eight ball, I'd go from a 760 to an 800 Fargo. <laughs> oh, shit, Jim, you, still, you still wouldn't even win. You wouldn't get past four in a match in there even with that. Or, where you can pick any ball you want in that rack after you break and take it off the table. I said that as a joke, Jim, but I think actually you wouldn't make it past two in that against any player in that field. Two what? Balls? No, it passed two points in any Rack, match. They're, called, they're, called, they're, still, they're still called racks in that game. Yeah, okay, racks. Right. You wouldn't make it past you two. Might, you might be right. It doesn't matter. No, I, I mean those tables are brutal. If if like it have you ever have you played Chinese you've probably played Chinese eight ball, right, Jim? Mm-hmm. Rob, have you ever had the chance? Well you played a you've played a lot of snooker on uh I've, eight ball I've played, I've played on a twelve foot snooker table with regulation balls. I don't see that's, well, that's way what harder says. than Chinese eight ball. It's the same game, basically. Yeah, but pockets are small <laughs> and way further away. Oh, that's such a terrible, that's such a nonsensical comment, Nate. It's the same game, basically. <laughs> no way. Well, I mean, you're playing you're playing eight ball on a snooker table. That's essentially what he's saying. Yeah, eight on a twelve foot snooker yeah. table. Yeah. So you've done it. You've you've played Ray? Yes. Played what? Snooker? Chinese eight ball? Or Chinese eight ball. No, I haven't played any Chinese eight ball. Or any English eight ball. I played American eight ball. Is it a fun game? I used to hate eight ball. I used to really, really <laughs> hate eight ball uh, as a young kid. And then the first time I played the US amateurs, I I almost didn't make it out of qualification because of how bad I played eight ball. And then I was like, I'm not going out that way in nationals. And so I played like nothing but eight ball for three months. And then I was like, oh, this is a beautiful game. And then taught myself to like it. And then snapped off the US amateurs the first year. But it yeah. was. It was, uh, it was, I used to hate it. I used to not, I used to think it was a dumb game. Now I really appreciate the game a lot. I, fi- I found that uh, people who grow up uh, on like nine foot, nine foots tend to play nine ball as their first game. And people mm-hmm. who play, grow up on seven foots tend to play Very eight cool. balls as their first game. Yeah, but you're yes. 95 years old. Straight <laughs> <laughs> a beautiful game. Straight, straight pull is beautiful because it, it's very like, it, very, it helps your eight ball game quite a bit. And it really helps you address patterns and shot selection and unlocking balls. A lot of the skills that you, you know, managing around the stack and all these other situations. Even that, one pocket also. Oh, it's huge. Yeah. For ball running. And Danny DiLiberto was a tremendous one pocket player and he's 300 ball runner and straight pool. And, you know, um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Sure. yeah. Aaron, I mean, Aaron, Aaron Lake has a, absolutely. That comment is, that's why I think I, I always struggle with um, English eight ball when I come over for like the Moscone Cup and I play on that because the the optimal point of any any making any ball down the rail especially is to hit the rail going in. So 
eight like eight ball nine ball players on um the tables over here like the traditional nine foot tables you're actually you're you're conditioned to actually hit the rail going in but if you hit the rail at all on an english on an english eight ball table going in you miss the ball no yeah it's it's, it's really really it's, hard to actually like really switch over you, from that optimal yeah potting point you kind of see the style of ball running in the snooker players that come over to play pool they play a lot of these because they're used to playing these patterns where they're playing square to the pocket you know and so they 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 play shots way differently on on a pool table and they play these angles for these kind of square to the pocket stun shots down yeah. down the center of the, you know they play for these really like frontal angles to the pockets they don't really play yeah. these like down the rail shots or they avoid that at all costs because right. it's just oh, built in and it's not that they can't cut those but they're just so programmed they're yeah. conditioned to avoid leaving blind pockets. Yeah, right. yeah, absolutely. Yeah. On, a, Which, on an American pool table, you're not worried about leaving blind pockets. You're conditioned no. on the English eight ball and snooker and the Chinese eight ball not to leave yourself blind pocket shots. Which right. is kind of why. And if you do, it's always into the side. Yeah, I think Darren's probably one of the best, the most successful guys to come make that switch, right? Because he was a top English eight ball player and then, yeah. you know, came and really learned how to leverage all that stuff. Melling as well. Mel Melling was also a top, top, top uh, English. Yeah. Uh, ball player uh jason yeah. jason even jason even won european championships and big events you know but i mean he, he he made the transfer when he was when he was still relatively young uh, very very young and neither of those two players have had the career that darren's had uh no, no correct nor close yeah nor close really they don't hit yeah. a rail when they pocket a ball i was thinking about close time but i i was kind of thinking about the other day like players that i i admire the most and like i would say that i model my game after and i like the guys who think a lot and 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 who kind of are more grinders or like uh move and, and use Jonathan their Hennessy. no 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 that's a different kind of grinding um uh, <laughs> guys, guys that like was, Aaron, that was the most that i i mean i only watched 10 minutes and i gave up that was the most painful <laughs> painful that was, that was the worst advertisement for pool there has ever been. In fucking That's basically the player TV. you just described, right? Absolutely. <laughs> oh. I, I, I love I love guys like uh, like Darren and Alex, who you know really use their brain and beat beat players with with their mind and know how to like maneuver and attack. And I, I think Darren Darren's there. And then I, there's there's elements that you weave in. Like I love the idea of like you know, the high firepower that somebody like Shane has with his break and his jumping and, you know, some of the ball striking stuff that guys like Jason and Earl, and, you know, that's all fun and stuff. And then, you know, Earl and then Efren who kind of blends all these kind of like things uh, together with his kicking and creativity and, and kind of thing. But yeah, of the modern guys, you know, Darren, Darren's such a great guy to model your game after him and Alex, I think. And then I was thinking, and Alex, you know, just has tortured everybody in the Philippines recently. He's beaten, Raga twice, beaten Carlo Biotto now again. Uh, big money matches, and uh, I, I shouldn't say tort. There were close sets, you know. I mean, these guys were all. But he was he was he was down big against. Uh, uh, Raga. But everybody's uh, betting against him. Like if they for, like somehow he forgot how to play, and I, he's gaining confidence. And I'm, I'm he's somebody to look out for because the more he starts to execute at a kind of more premium level with his shot making. Man, you guys are in a bad spot, you know. And I think I, just, I mean, I, I, I mean, I, I completely agree with you. I just, I just see moments and matches, and perhaps that is just because he's he, he still doesn't one hundred percent believe himself that he can that he can improve I think his he's game. Again. I, think, 
I think he's teaching himself that he's he's yes, getting, exactly. he's, 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 he's almost started again. Yeah, yeah, he's beaten well. He's, he's beaten Filler three times this year playing yeah. in tournament play. Like, I mean, and oh, I think he's, the he's almost he's, 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 he's almost right trying there. to reinvent himself as a pool player. He's trying he's to reinvent right. himself, and, and that, but I see right. at the moment, and perhaps this is just a temporary thing while he is sort of reinventing himself. I see moments where where he just you see that it's the moment has become too much for him. That the the the, the, the yeah. The dog, the dog that he has at the moment, I, I feel I see dog in him at the moment. You know, he's a, uh, I think he's one of those guys. And he has the, the, the shoulder goes yeah. in and the twitch and the, you saw it, but yeah. when he breaks, he hit himself in the face with his cue breaking. That's all tension. That's all the yeah. moment is just building up inside him. You know? and, needs, I think that Alex needs the moment to be bigger. I think that's how he really kind of like, he's one well, of those. No, I think he, right? I maybe think he doesn't need Maybe he doesn't need the moment to be bigger, but he knows that if the moment is bigger, he'll handle it better than the guy yeah. on the other right. side of the table. Yeah, yeah. Because you know? I, I, I know, like, the last time that he was really, really playing top-level rotation, he was gambling a lot with Dennis in the Philippines. And Dennis would win the majority of the small sets, and Alex would win all the big sets. Yeah. And it would be, like, it was that kind of scenario for a while. And then Dennis came over here and started just, you know, doing Dennis things and... You know, but I, I feel like Alex has always been that guy who jump, who rises to the highest pressure. And, you know, he's kind of like gone through these lulls and him, Mika, you know, Niels now is playing very, very well. Uh, you know, people are kind of sleeping on Niels, but he's had a couple of deep runs and big events and he's right there. He just won the, the, um, uh, what is it? The uh, Bucharest. Event. Yeah, the Bucharest Open or whatever it was. Um, or, the, or the Bosnian one, the one of the, yeah, the Balkan, the Balkan, Bosnia, the Balkan tour. Vulcan yeah. Open, yeah. Yeah, he played that one. He beat uh, Sanjin, who... Sanjin in the finals. Sanjin looked so good at the Premier Premier League pool the first three days. So uh, he's another one who's kind of teaching himself really where he where, where he stands. Uh, but Niels is right there. Darren, before he had his situation, I think he was right right close. You know, he's had a couple... His thing... I'm hoping to see there. him. I'm hoping to see him at the Super Pillars Expo. As of yeah, right now, he's going. Talk, 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 talk to him. He's still planning on not going over, but he was he was wanting to play. But it looks unlikely he's going to, he's going to play. But he will do some little challenges at his booth with other people, yeah. you know, with fans and whatever. And yeah. he'll hit some balls, and people will get to see him play. But he won't be playing in the events, I don't think. Yeah, but I think there's a handful of these older guys: Mika, Niels. I think of Mika, Niels, and Alex as those three guys who are obviously on the older side of things. Uh, but both, all of them showing a lot of promise. Mika just won the Costa Rican Open uh, event that they had down in Costa Rica and has been on that business first match. a lot of big events. Yeah, he lost his first match. And he's been making that consistent deep run over and over and over again. So he's getting, I think, close as well to winning a big event. Um, but how great, how, how, great, how great would it be if these guys were to you know start proving that, hold on a minute, we're still around, yeah. you know. We, we these guys are legends in the game. It's like I think that's why, what he's saying. <laughs> I mean, you know, but yeah. why shouldn't why, why shouldn't you? How how old is too old to play pool? You know, yeah. these guys. Neil's is still a young guy. He's still a fit guy. He's still a, a top 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 top. Forty three. You know, I, mean, is I, would, I, would, I, I, I would love one of those guys, a, a, a Mika or a, or yeah, like you said, Mika. Uh, Mika just turned fifty. Alex to snap off a big match from event and say, Ralph. Hey, Listen, Ralph is 54, yeah. and he's well, still... He won, he's he won still... at European Championships, which is not easy to do uh, uh, last year or the year before. I mean, he can still play. I mean... Yeah. Torsten? Just, just, just to say, well, yeah, guys, uh, we're not ready to pass the baton on yet to you guys. I you think, know, we're uh, still I think, 
I think I think to keep it in perspective, Efren didn't come to the states and win his first event till he was like 34 or 35. Yeah, exactly. So was pretty old. And he didn't and even come old. then. And he you didn't know, even actually and, come then. His uh, he sent his cousin to come. Pushing well, 70, he comes in third in the Derby. Exactly. So I, I think people like <laughs> blank on the name again. A good a good takeaway from that point is that you know young guys or guys that are you know managing life and also like you have time pool is one of those sports that it's not mm -hmm. football it's not you know you don't have to be 25 to be in your prime mm -hmm. you have a lot of time work on getting better work on improving and don't don't feel like it's over for you just because you know it's it's 30 and you're just getting started i mean pool is one of those games you don't get into your prime until your you know late 30s and, and early 40s really and that Most. Can, you know, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. i mean you have I some mean, guys who come out of the gate filler <laughs> Young Johnny Archer, Earl Strickland, those guys, you know, Filler, Fetter, you know, those are anomalies, really. But usually it takes, they are. It takes yeah. a lot of time. Yeah, you, you, can't, you, you can't use them as the norm. You can't use them as a standard for everybody because that's not the way it works. You know, even, well, even, San, even Sanchez, Ruiz, Sanchez Ruiz has taken everybody apart. But he's 30, I mean, he's 31 years old. Yeah. He's been yeah, around for a long time. And then all of a sudden he's just exploded. So that's, yeah, a, that's the thing about a pool career as well. It's a very long career and nobody, nobody just... Goes through well, technically it, uh, speaking, uh, we don't know that Fedor or Josh are in their prime. We don't, we don't know, know that. No, we don't know. No, we don't know. They still have plenty of time to be better than they are. And nobody, yeah. nobody goes through it on an even plane. Yeah. And you're going to have moments where you just feel like the, the world is your oyster. But it's such a long career that it's going to be ups and downs and ups and downs. You know, and you see it, you know, they, you know we talked about Mika, we talked about Niels. They've had their moments where they almost sort of disappeared out of the limelight. They're still legends of the game. People still talk about them, but they talk about what they used to be able to do. And right. people then start stop talking about what they could do in the future. But there is still a future at that age in this game because, you know, you're not just because you have a couple of bad years when you're 40 years old. It doesn't mean to say that your career's finished because, I mean, why would it? It's, like you say, it's well, not Darren, soccer. It's not. Yeah. Darren made a Hall of Fame career for himself in 10 years. Yeah, really, you know, when mm. he like came here and like started winning tournaments, it was, you know, that 10 year span of his kind of dominance. I mean, that's well, you, that's a whole less, it was less than 10 years, even, I think. Yeah, uh, yeah, absolutely. And he won, you know, two two U.S. Opens, he won a World Nine Ball. Like, I mean, you know, the guy well, found won, his he, broke, won, he, he won all four um, of the, the he won all four of the world championships. The, he, yeah, won the, he, he won the night, he won the eight, the nine, the ten and the the straight. straight. American, the American, which was considered as a world champion. I think he's yeah, the only uh, one that's won all four of them. Yeah. He ran that 200, uh, 200 and out, right? He said he twice. was a tournament record. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Twice yeah. in that tournament. Yeah. Darren's beautiful. So people, people, forget, people forget how good Darren is. Like his all around game His eight ball knowledge is fantastic. Straight pull, mm -hmm. I mean, 100 to 200 ball runner. You know what I mean? Like one pocket is underrated, you know, because he's, he's, he's a fighter, man. I really love to We're see him. Yeah, yeah, I think so. It's just uh, oh yeah, it's one of those things. I, I love this. Crazy, I got a crazy question for everybody. Okay, this sure. is off the charts. All right, we've all seen players who've got strokes that are funny, and we wonder how in the world can they ever make a ball with a stroke like that? Do any of you know a really good? maybe championship range type player who has the worst stroke you've ever seen. 
the worst stroke. Yes, probably. the best player you've ever seen with the worst stroke. But I, I think that's also subjective. That 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 is that's like saying, well, could I use that stroke? I mean, everybody's got their own stroke. I would say that if I tried to hit a ball the way that Sufi hits it, then I wouldn't who? even get. I, I I wouldn't even hit a rail. I'd hit the oh, wall. Okay. I, I, okay, sure. I wouldn't get close. You know, it's it's the worst stroke. The worst yeah. stroke the defines how good you are as a player. Right. I don't like. I don't, think I don't know. American, I might say Keith McCready for a a past champion who was just Keith like McCready, the craziest. Um, yeah, he's up there. I'd say Moro Paya as well. Sidearm. Yeah. I think your stroke, the, 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 the quality of your stroke is, just my opinion, the quality of your stroke is how it how it holds up under pressure. Uh-huh. That, is, that, that is what makes the quality of your stroke. You know, is it, is it, is it susceptible to, to, to failure if, if, if you get tense, if you're, if you're under the gun? Um, and that doesn't really matter how it looks on a photograph or how it looks on TV. Okay. The quality of your stroke for me is, you know, does does it fail when you're under the gun? Um, okay. Here, a comment. Oh, he has an awkward stroke. Yeah. Uh, Roberts just mentioned that there. Uh, and Keith, of course, sidearm. And yeah, so, the thing, the thing, the thing with SVB is you can hold a gun to his head and say, "Make this ball," and he'll still stroke it exactly the same as he stroked the previous one thousand. That's yeah, what yeah. makes his stroke good. Right. How about you, um, Raymond? You know anybody that's kind of a just an odd stroke, but they're really a good player? Moro Paez had a well. Alan Hopkins too had a very like uh, very short, punchy, jabby kind of stroke. Okay. Uh, something you would never teach, probably, but was a world class player. Moral Pie is the same way. It was very jumpy and quick and jabby. Uh, Keith obviously uh, had that kind of sidearm right. thing. Again, these guys have trained themselves to have. I mean, Bustamani has a very un- unorthodox stroke. How about a, a fellow named Mike Davis? Mike, yeah. Mike has that uh, yeah, arm. He doesn't. Bumping. He doesn't. He, he's yeah. He's, he's up here. The water. Yeah. I would never that teach was, that. Sure. I saw him yeah. play out in Vegas one year about ten years ago. And I thought, wow, that's the craziest stroke I've ever seen. And this guy don't miss anything. No, he's a strong player when he was playing his best for sure. A Moscow yeah. Cup player. Yeah, we, see, well. we see it. We see it in golf as well. You know, you see guys oh, uh, through God. the years have had really strange swings, but as long as as long as they're straight and they're on line when they when they contact the the, the, the golf ball, right? Then it doesn't really matter what they've done before and what they've done after. It's all about just that one moment of contact and the timing. Sure, and that's it, and it's kind of the same with a stroke, um, with, with the stroke and pull. But uh, I mean, don't want to repeat myself. Uh, for me, it's you know, do you, can you do it when it really matters? Does it does it change when you're under pressure? Does it does it, you know, sure? Is it sustainable? Boosting is probably the most beautiful to watch, the most fluid of the. But it's also like, one you would never teach somebody. Super unorthodox style strokes, and that's right. just completely. I think his is a good example. Efren's too, really. Uh, they're examples of uh, Efren's definitely immersion. It's really just a natural immersion process, and what came out was who they are. You know what I mean? That's yeah. really like that's their internal processing. Shane's is the same thing. It's like that's his, his stroke is who he is, and that's just mm-hmm. been you know it's the most identifiable characteristic of each of those guys. And um, but they did it to the highest level and to the highest degree. So got you know sure. That's what really matters, yeah. right? So, yeah. I'm less I'm less about the orthodoxy. I think you start getting into orthodoxy when you have less 
the further you get away from the ability to be immersed all the time and refine your own whatever your stroke characteristics are, the more you have to be structured, right? Yeah. What I find interesting too is kind of seeing like the school of like the Taiwanese guys, like 99% of them all look identical. Like they get down on the ball the same way, deliver the cue the same way. It's like they've been cut from a oh, world. Yeah. So there's a factory out there that's just pumping these kids out. You know, they have the same. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. All Chang Jung Lin is the only one that has a little bit different approach, but his is super compact and very efficient. He's a taller guy as well. So it makes sense that he's okay. not as kind of like, as like, uh, as kind of set up as Ko or, you know, Yang Ching Shan or any of those guys. Like, you know, but uh, man, phenomenal player, but very repeatable, obviously super compact, um, sure. kind of delivered very simple so which breeds consistency but really that you're after the consistency part so I mean, but there's the, the, there's one that you know if you if you look at a photograph you think well that looks looks the way a stroke should look but if you try to 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 play the game the way he does it it's almost impossible is, is ralph suke <laughs> because he's got he's literally got two like like one third of his cue in front of his bridge hand I right. mean, if you look at how he plays the game, the, the, the distance that he has from his bridge hand to the cue ball, I get cramped up. I can't get there <laughs> to, to, to do that. You know, to it's kind of funny that he's a shorter guy, and like that's how he chooses to. He's always holding the cue from you know from. But you far you, back. But you really you really know when somebody is stroking straight if they can have that amount of cue out in front of them. Oh my and god! It never, yeah. it never does this or does that. Right. You know, at the at the end of the stroke, how does he be able to find that it? cue ball and? And to be able to, he he rolls balls in better than anybody I've ever seen. Uh -huh. You know, yeah. people stay away from rolling balls, you know, because they don't trust tables or you know, it's you give yeah. it a little bit more, let your cue out, it gives you more accuracy. Him rolling balls and doing it like that is I've never that for me there's never been a player that's been able to play the shots like 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 that like the way Ralph does. And um, oh, yeah, he's yeah. another one when I when I when when I look how far the cue ball is away from his from his bridge hand, I think wow. Oh, Really, has nobody has nobody said, "Come on, Ralph, just creep forward a little bit, shorten it." <laughs> you know, not right, right, right. Ralph says, leave, leave, "Leave me alone, will you?" Yeah, Ralph <laughs> says, "I'm Ralph Suki. <laughs> I've, I've won 150 European championships." We're not and... saying anything bad, Ralph. Yeah, Sorry, I'm pretty sure yeah. he's, he's still the winning again and again. It works, and it's you have that people try and emulate other people's strokes. We've talked about this not, not long ago. I think only maybe about two or three podcasts ago about. You know, trying to emulate people's strokes. I don't think you really. I don't think it's beneficial to try and emulate people's strokes. I think you can oh, no. emulate. Well, look at, I think you can emulate certain parts of the game. You know, look I mean, change at the end of his stroke, what he does with the bottom you know, of his hand, drop can down. Emulate the way people play certain shots. You know, there's certain people that break. You can try and emulate that to improve your break. There's the way people jump. You can try and emulate that and. In, in order to improve your, but a stroke is a stroke is so very very difficult. So there's a million different moving parts that go oh, into yeah. a stroke, and just getting yourself set up in your stance over the ball, that it's almost impossible to emulate somebody's stroke and get you. You will never emulate and get the same result just because you copy somebody's stroke because you're always going to sure. do something slightly different to what they do. You know? Sure. Well, that was that was interesting. I just wanted to hear what you guys had to say about that. That was Nate's gone very quiet because he doesn't have a stroke. Nate's got a <laughs> he's got a beautiful stroke, but all every week there's a comment on here 
that people want to see Jim and Nate play. Well, they've seen it. We've done it. We've, we've done it before. We've done it on Ghost. You know? Yeah, it's true. It exists. It exists. It's, it's out there. Go and watch it. Or don't. Whatever you want. Now go and watch it. <laughs> <laughs> Nate might not want you to watch it. <laughs> no. All right. Well, okay. <clears throat> we are at two hours, so I'm I'm wow. Two really? It seems like ten minutes. I know. We've had, to listen, we've had to sit here and listen to you for an hour and 45 minutes, Rob. Oh, yeah, right. <laughs> Going about, on about handicaps and female players. Right. All right. So uh, we're good. <laughs> What's up, Jim? What's up? <laughs> we're doing this uh, again. Upcoming yeah. events. Upcoming events. There's a, a PRP, I think, event happening in Spain. There's a lot of Spanish yes. uh, teams coming up. Yeah, there's a I Spanish Open happening uh, shortly. Then there's uh, the Super Billiards Expo. Right after, it, be after the Spanish Open, there's another event in Spain. Can't but, remember what it was. Uh, the World Cup of yeah. Pool. Sorry, World Cup of Pool happens uh, directly after it or directly before. So all the players will be there playing the Spanish Open, and then they go and play the World Cup of Pool. That's awesome. Um, and then the UK Open at the end of May. Um, we have Memorial in Virginia, another U.S.-based ranking event. And I think that's the last U.S. ranking event until August. There's a couple question marks for a potential Omega is supposed to be doing two events this year, but they're to be determined, I guess, uh, when and where. But uh, for now, if you're an American player, Virginia on April 22nd and 23rd is the last ranking event in the U.S. until August, which is Turning Stone. So, oh. okay. Well, I'll be I'll be end of in end of April. May. I'll be at the UK Open. I'll be at the UK Open end of May, and I'll do some interviews and stuff like that. Try and get some guys on live. If not, then I'll download some stuff. Yes. And while I'm there, if we do a podcast, if I've got a decent uh, if I've got a decent Wi-Fi there, then uh, I'll get some guys. I'm sure there'll be a, a few of the players that'll be happy to join us. All right. We'll do some live stuff from the UK Open and see how things are going there. Looking forward to that. Yeah, sounds good. Are you going to go to that, Ray? What, UK Open? Yeah. No. It's, uh, I think it's sold out in like in like, uh, like 12, 12 seconds or something like that. What about the European Open in Fulda later on in the year? I don't like also schnitzel. Not. I love schnitzel. I'm just kidding. That's because uh, that's all we eat. That they only yeah. eat schnitzel. No. Uh, <laughs> Breakfast, I, lunch, I and dinner. I have enough vacation time to go to every American ranking event. That's about what I have. Anything outside of that, I'd be considered a professional pool player. So I've got to be careful about that. Yeah, Wisconsin tournaments here. Yeah, in May, sure. There's the Predator tournament here and then the, the state uh, BCA uh, CSI. The Queue It Up Tour Stop Final. Yeah. That's at, Tour the stop end final. Of, <clears throat> that's at the end of April. That's at the end of this month. Queue It Up Is it at Tour Stop Final. What is it at Real Minds? No, it is, is it a handicap at Apple. It is handicapped, yes. Yeah, handicap based off Fargo. I am the uh, I'm the defending champion of the queued up tour stop finals. I'm guessing you decided the handicaps as well, then. Did of you? course, he did. Yes, yeah. I got to spot almost the field two games. There's about Four players I don't have to spot two games. Congratulations. 
Uh, Sean makes a good point. Billy's had a great uh, run of, of balls here recently. Nobody says congratulations to me. Uh, okay, so Billy Billy had a great run of balls over at <laughs> and then the Ohio Ohio event and snapped off. I think the the banks in the one pocket or something like that. The banks uh, in the one pocket, yes. Yes, yeah. Nate welcomes all visitors to his home. So he's. Well, I mean, but, but Billy's Billy's Billy. He's he's as long as he's playing, he's going to be one of the top guys in the states. Simple as that. He decided he decided uh, not to play while he was serving whatever ban or whatever. And it, it just took him a little bit of time to get back in, but they started a business. The guy's a top. The, the guy's a top player. He's one of the top guys in the U.S. So as long as he's playing, he's going to win tournaments. Simple. <clears throat> you know? He started a business while he was done too. I mean, it wasn't just the. No, no, he had, he, he had other stuff going on. But I mean, if he's not if he's not picking his cues up, he's not picking his cues up. You know, so it takes a little bit of time to get back into it. And uh, yeah. you saw it. He played a couple of events. He played absolutely shocking. Played like a six six hundred Fargo kind of thing, but. That was never going to last very long, was it? As long as he's playing, he's going to get back to where he was before, and he'll be knocking off tournaments in the states uh, regularly. And I fully expect him to to make top three on the ranking uh, if oh, yeah. he plays all the matchroom events. I fully yeah. expect him to be top three in the ranking. He'll be in the Moscone Cup at the end of the year. I so agree with that. Simple as that. There's three guys that stick out above the rest, and he's one of them. Yeah, Shane, Sky, and Billy. Shane, Sky, and Billy. If they if 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 Billy plays all the events, then yes, right. he'll he'll rack up enough points. I'm quite sure, but. I know Oscar's traveling to Spain for that PRP Open. Good for him. Yeah. Oh, good. I'm glad to hear that because I, I was going to say Oscar's another one that you know, right. but but you need to be playing all the events. And, right. Uh, but it's, but it's good to hear that he's going over for that. Yeah. 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 He's going to go to the PRP, and I think especially, especially since I, especially since I assume he will not be one of the World Cup of Pool players. I'm assuming that's going to be Shane and Sky. Um, so that's that. I mean, you could imagine Oscar going over there if he was also a World Cup of Pool because it's a double event, then you know. But uh, good, good for him that he's going over specifically for yeah. that one event. He's going to go to PRP and then come to the Virginia for the Bob Stock right after. So, yeah, just round the corner. <laughs> Both, yeah, a lot of traveling. Yeah, no, fair play. I'm, I'm, I'm glad to see that you know that uh, we, we, we talked about uh, you know, uh, players that are. You know that I've been around for a while, and 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 Oscar is sort of also trying to reinvent himself as a tournament player uh, yeah. the last year. So you know, I wish him every success. He's a good guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah great guy. Well, fellas, what do you think? Yeah, it's, come on, Mendum, you've held us up long enough. I've said three. You know, words we're, do, you know we're doing this for Half free. Hour. We're not getting paid for this. I don't even know what's happening anymore. All right, I'll close it out. All right, thanks everybody for tuning in. We'll see y'all next week. Sounds good. God bless y'all. Have a great day.